Uh-oh. Live from Cool Boys Central. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. Or you'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just a young boy. What? <gasps> what? <gasps> so cool. Cool? Cool. So cool. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I see cool boys. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to a special installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. Yes. You know what they say? We are the gold standard. (laughs) They're back there in Cool Boy Nation banging nollies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the web with every fucking slut at night, porn sites, camming, and they're looking at me. And using me to bang their pussies? <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be verbatim, but I see you've changed some things. I am banging thousands of sluts, you motherfuckers. I don't know. Did he actually say motherfuckers? He did say motherfuckers, yeah. Oh, Tom. I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. If I see you do it again, you're fucking dead. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone in this crew does it, that's it. And you too, you too, and you... Don't you ever fucking do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can mm-hmm. tell it to the Ballards that, that are losing their fucking jobs because our podcast because our podcast is down. It's not going to put babies on their table or pay for their gender reassignment surgery. Mm-mm. That's what I sleep with every night. The future of this fucking podcast. So I'm sorry. I am beyond your apologies. <laughs> I have told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We are not shutting this fucking podcast down. Is this understood? If I see it again, you're fucking dead. And so are you. And you're going to cost him his job. And if I see it on the set, you're dead, and you're dead. That's it. Am I clear? You, God, this goes on for a while. Do you understand what I want? Give me what I want. Do you understand the sexuality that you have? Because I will deal with all your rimming. No, because I will deal with your rimming. And if you can't be rimmable and I can't suck your cock, you're fired. That's it. I trust you boys to be here. I'm falling out my fucking glasses and I can't read. All the ra- all the time. Dude. Sorry. Uh, That's it. That is it. I trust you boys to be here. That's it. That's it, boys. That's what I think about it. That's what I'm doing today. I'm talking to Dord and Corey. Justin is hard. Nollies are coming because of us. If we shut down, it's going to cost Ballard's fucking job, his home, his family. That's what's happening all the way down the line. And I do care about you boys. But if you're not going to help me, you're dead. Okay. I'm Tom Cruise, Cruise News Felk. Wow. And I'm Michael Bay, knows it all, Ballard. Uh. Yeah. So, was that, what was that? <laughs> what was that? Oh my God. Tom Cruise rant on the MI7 set. Huge Cruise News. We're going on a news cruise for some Cruise News. I don't want to put Be- the theme in. <laughs> no, no, don't put the theme down. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, Tom uh, kind of had an, uh, an amazing Christian Bale-level tirade that uh, Andy Signore already beat everybody to it, right? The, the re-edit with Christian and Tom. Yeah. 
And um, I can't really go knowing the Christian Bale rant and looking at this rant. I watched like a minute of the video and it's like these don't line up. <laughs> it's also, both both are one person shouting at a quiet person, so it, it does like none of their things they're mad about right, coincide but, uh, or overlap. <laughs> but Christian is yelling at a Tom, so you can use Christian yelling Tom or whatever, right? Or is Tom the audio guy? Christian yells Tom at some point. Does he? I remember Bruce. No, shut the yeah. fuck up, Bruce. I remember Bruce. Yeah, I don't. McGee. Yeah. So he, calls it, he says G, I think. G, you got anything to say about this? And you hear a faint limp. I didn't see it. I didn't background. see it. <laughs> oh, that's. Yeah. But um, so Tom went off because a, a couple of crew members were apparently standing around a computer monitor too long. Maybe masks on, maybe masks off. It definitely has something to do with their social distancing because he yelled even about a meter stick at one point and pointed at it. and was like, you know, how long is that stick, essentially? Um, but you got to pick a side right now, Felk. You got to pick a side in everything right now, right? At least I've chosen a side. And I've chosen I'm with Team Tom Cruise. What, do you, how, what are you on this? Are you against him? Are you thinking he's pushing it too far? Wait, am I deciding between Tom Cruise and Christian Bale, or am I deciding Tom no, Cruise? No, and who, who I, yeah, I, I, no, I mean, yeah, Tom Cruise, Christian Bale, or Pat O'Brien. Which team are you on? Well, to be fair, Christian Bale was mad about something that I, I, I heard about in fucking film school. I knew, I like that it's a, a common thing that you don't walk and you don't just walk in front of where the actor's line of sight is and go, ah, I'm looking at the lights, I'm moving <laughs> the lights around. You're not supposed to do that. So that was a pre-established rule. This yeah. COVID thing is brand fucking new, and it's only human nature to occasionally forget about it at times. But apparently Tom warned these guys, these boys. More than once. Yes, and so he was upset. And then he even put someone else, some major player <laughs> on set, some kind of uh, suit. He even threw his job on the line, too, because he said she was like, and if you guys can't stop... He's fired too. <laughs> like that's so fucking hardcore. Yeah. Tom was flexing his balls. I will all not only shoot you, set. I will shoot the man next to you. That's like yeah, what villains do, basically. Yeah, but um, I'm still Team Tom Cruise. I think uh, they shouldn't be fucking around around computer monitors. That's just irrational, disgusting, dangerous behavior playing around computer monitors. It is weird that like. I mean, it's he, you can tell that Tom is not a typical actor, that he is above them and oh, different yeah. in his own way. He's almost a politician, but apolitical and uses politician techniques and more. Powerful. God, I feel like I threw my fucking voice out doing all that yelling. Um, yeah. But it, like the fact that he's like families are putting food on the table and I, we're we're the reason why they're able to do that. Still, Babies, we, babies on the table. I thought he's what he said. I don't think he said that. No, and he also didn't say that you're dead. He said you're gone. I, I changed oh, okay. I, actually, I, I, I thought the dead was in there. No, that's not Tom. He didn't say you're dead to people. <laughs> okay, there was a little too much. Probably should have just read the original rants. <laughs> no way. I, I had to cool boys it up. A lot of, I mean, obviously he didn't mention Remy, so like I know some things aren't in there. He did actually mention Remy's. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't like, well, the, the, you're dead. I thought he was just being dramatic because he he does do he is a dramatic person no he's smart he's smart not to say you're dead if he said you're dead four times or five times in a tirade to an entire set i'm pretty sure he would be uh, busted in, especially the, I, th I think this was in england right so um i think yeah the uk has oh, some serious issues with assault and if you threaten someone to you know you're gonna commit assault and battery on them boom I don't, you're I, gone. I, I don't know didn't 
when Russell Crowe threw that phone at that hotel employee, wasn't that in England? No, I think that was uh, here in the States, in New York. I think that was in NYC, New York City. So cool. They don't take, <laughs> they don't take kindly to Russell Crowe's around there. So cool. But, oh, did you pick a side? I don't know if I know enough about the situation. I need to know what these boys were doing. Probably men. Uh, and I need to know whether or not Tom. He Cruise, called them guys. He called them guys. But I wanted them to be boys. I also need to know if Tom, like, if he does this a lot or if this is something where, like, he oh, is hol- everything is holding on to by like a thread that there could be shut down any, any minutes. And, and he's just like, I can't fucking deal with this when I've got, you know, millions yeah. of dollars on the line here. Yeah. And people's lives, you know, that he sleeps on every night. He sleeps on every night. The amount of uh, responsibility he has when there's lives on the line. What did he actually say? Keep me up at night? He, no, he says, that's what I sleep with every night. Sleep with every night, not sleep yeah. on. Sleep with, yeah, yeah, sleep on a, a bag of money. <laughs> oh, yeah, and a couple babies on their table. Does he have a um, girlfriend? He, he just doesn't pretend to have wives or girlfriends anymore, does he? No, no, no. Because there was Katie Holmes and then that's over and he didn't do another one. He's just, he's, he's, he's fucking sweet honeys on the side. You just know it. I do not know it. <coughs> In fact, I heavily doubt it that, that, that Tom Cruise has uh, regular sex with any women. Oh, no, he, no, he, and what did he say in, in, in his quote oh, even about it? It was something like, he said, like, uh, I'm on the web with every fucking sled at night. Porn sites. What was that? Uh, at- He's like, I'm on the phone every night with every <laughs> single studio. And like, are you? Yeah. Insurance companies and producers. Yeah. And studios or something like that. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. And they're looking at us and using <clears throat> us to bang their pussies. <laughs> Technology gets invented for Tom Cruise movies. Like. He's not wrong in being like, we're the gold standard and like we're, we're, we're pushing everything else ahead. And that's true in terms of like, there are probably studios who are being like, well, Tom Cruise is able to film right now. Mm-hmm. Surely we can get up to production for mm-hmm. yeah. Bert and Bertie's f- fucking new Captain Marvel 2 or whatever the fuck we'll discuss uh, next week. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't remember what Bert and Bertie are working on, but it's big. It's a big one. Um, yeah, Here's the thing. See, they're looking to Tom Cruise and, and Tom how to proceed. Cruise, he's crushing it right now, and he's a crusher, and that's why. But um, when it comes to filmmaking, but um, there are a lot of sets being shut down because of COVID spreading. And so I can see the stress level on him because he's probably hearing about those particular sets and different productions being shut down from the studio heads, insurance companies, who are probably stressing out about him. And the fact that they're doing so much for MI7, probably a lot of stunts and stuff like that, too. I'm, actually, we saw one stunt where he, like, rides a motorcycle fucking down a ski jump. Was he wearing like, a mask? No, he's fucking just, dude. He, he, he doesn't wear helmets, so he can't really be, like, all about safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe's least of his worries when he's, like, jumping off a cliff on a fucking motorcycle with a parachute. Yeah, it is kind of weird that the guy who <laughs> fucked up an entire production made it shut down. Like those people didn't have food on their table. They they were getting their paychecks when they or shut maybe down for they six were. weeks or whatever it maybe, was. Maybe the insurance companies that was part of the deal. If the if the star if the primary was injured on set, then everyone would continue to get paid. The guy who's the famous for for shutting down productions because he does all of his own stunts needlessly in this age of face swaps and stuff. Like there's no reason to to do that risk. 
outside of his ego. And then he's like, you guys are standing too close to the monitor and I'm going to yell at you. Mm -hmm. It's a little hypocritical. Yeah, I'm not on t t t Team Tom Cruise about this one. I think he'll apologize. <gasps> what? Uh, he, no apologies, he said. He said no apologies and he says he's beyond apologies now. Oh, in the rant. So I'm sorry I am beyond your apologies. <laughs> he said, I'm, so I'm sorry I'm beyond your apologies? He's saying yeah, I don't he, care about their apologies. Exactly. Just don't do it anymore. And he says, and then he said even earlier, no apologies, meaning no one's getting an apology from him, from others. No one's apologizing on the set anymore. I would not want to work on a Tom Cruise set under regular oh. circumstances. So one of my uh, editor friends who uh, used to work with the late, great Tony Scott, um, he worked on a film with Cruise um, because of his connection with Tony. And um, two movies so that could be. And uh, <laughs> and he was not he was not I mean he was a very small role at the time he grew later but um because it was back in the eighties but uh was it Michael he Roker said, <laughs> he said Cruz would come into the trailer uh the uh, post production trailer on set and like where they would what you know whatever or on location or on uh the back lot and he would like throw his fucking weight around and there would be times where they would like lock the door knowing he was coming and then throw trash bags over the fucking windows so he couldn't look in <laughs> just to prevent him from coming in and throwing his fucking weight around because he was think of it think of tom cruise's level of ego now he's the leader of a religion effectively right so, and yes. the level of control he has now and now date it back to the early 80s when he thought he was a hot heartthrob too right with the center tooth and all that shit and he wasn't as bright maybe then like he he needed some sharpening still he, he did some guidance from David Miscavige. You, yeah, he needs something because, I mean, like, he's great in Top Gun and Days of Thunder. But if you look at the movies before that, like, Risky Business, it's he's borderline retarded. It's not a good movie, <laughs> as I recall. And, and The Outsiders or in Taps? Holy shit, he's not good in those. I don't recall The Outsiders. Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good movie. At least I didn't enjoy it. It's for someone, not me. But um, anyways... <laughs> It's not for me, that's for sure. All right. I think that's enough Tom Cruise news. I do. I'm on, I'm on Team Tom, though. I think everybody needs to get away from those computer monitors. They're fucking dangerous. I think all this stuff needs to end immediately. Uh, the, uh, all, all the social distancing restrictions on, on movie sets. It's like, it's not helping anyone <laughs> at all. Oh. It's nice. Causing nice problem. segue. Nice segue to tonight's conversation. Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to segue. He's yelling about COVID regulations, <laughs> and we're discussing a movie all about COVID regulations <gasps> and wh where we're going to be in 2023. 2024. 2024. 20 yeah. Wait, but it's, they say COVID-23. Right, because it mutated in uh, Okay, well, now we know. <laughs> so, cool. <laughs> so cool. Spoilers. So cool. So cool. So cool. This episode, <sighs> we'll be discussing Biden's America. <laughs> Oh. So we will forgo any more of our cool boy updates <laughs> and get right into Songbird and all the fabulous science, quote unquote, fiction spoilers <laughs> it has given us. It's time for spoilers. Ain't it cool? All right. So now we will be discussing the movie Songbird. And if the uh, spoiler casts we've been putting up and our titles for the last 205 episodes haven't uh, haven't tipped you off. We're going to be doing spoilers for the entire movie. 
So if you uh, intend to watch Songbird, <laughs> which I don't necessarily recommend, uh oh, there'll be spoilers. Wow. All right. Well, I think we should get right into our quick cool boy rating of Songbird Felk. Yeah. What did you give this miserable piece of shit? I gave it. I, I'm I'm back and forth between two and one and a half. If it's just rating as a movie, it's like a one star. But the audacity of the movie still like it gets an extra boy. I said star. Please forgive me. Uh, it gets an extra boy uh, because I'm going to get two because it's not a good movie, but it is a culturally significant artifact. Yes. That's very true. I don't think there's ever been a movie like this where the, you know, the unprecedented event happens. And while it's happening, they make a movie about it. They didn't make a movie mm-hmm. about 9-11 until like 2005 or maybe six. Yeah, Oliver did it pretty quick. And so did Greengrass. That was like 2004, five and six, I think. That's still think four right. years. Not during the fucking like this is like the equivalent of making the movie like 9-11 movie like while the South Tower still up. Or the North Tower, <laughs> oh, whichever Jesus one went down Christ. second. <laughs> In between planes. Uh. Yeah, basically. This is like, we don't know if this shit's going to happen. We're on the cusp of a vaccine, obviously, but all, this, all it takes is, oh, fuck, COVID 2020, I guess it would be COVID 20, it mutated and the vaccine's useless and this one's slightly higher and then the next uh, death rate and then the next one's slightly higher and like this could still happen. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. I mean, and they, they had to film the movie under the reality of actual COVID regulations, so it's incredibly hampered by that. Uh, but is it? I think so. I mean, I, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. You're being sarcastic. <laughs> what is your What is your rating of it? Oh, Felky boy! Yeah. My God, this movie! What a movie to endure. <laughs> um. I think I fell asleep uh, <laughs> about an uh, hour and 15 minutes in yeah, and then woke back up about five or 10 minutes later and rewound the movie and started back where I remembered it. Um, and then I think I uh, paused it a few times in the uh, middle of the third act and kind of had to rewind it a little bit to, to remember what exactly happened. Yeah. It's easy. 4.5 out of five. <laughs> what is your actual rating? It's like a two. <laughs> yeah, it's a two. <laughs> not not one, not no. half a boy. No, you know it's it, it gets a whole boy for the ambition of yes. making this movie the way they made the movie, um, with the script that worked for the situation. Yeah. Um, and, and for the narrative, and um, I I think you know it felt like you know it felt like a real movie. Like I I was surprised how much it felt like a real movie. Um, and <laughs> the acting was produced okay. by fucking Michael Bay. <laughs> and yeah, he directed some of the action scenes. Did you know that? I did not, but it, I, it makes sense. He was so horny to get out of his house to go direct something. He was so done banging some stripper and doing coke off her asshole that he literally was like, "I gotta go direct something." They're like, "You can direct the action scenes." So, so like, I was thinking, what are the action scenes? <laughs> I guess, yeah, when, when uh, hero, hero biker is. Uh, yeah. runs into like that proud boy <laughs> who, who like, lives in a, in a, a an abandoned apartment building. And uh, 
that guy, like, because I think like Michael Bay is like, nobody shot a gun in this movie. <laughs> so just like a, a <laughs> yeah. guy shows up with a gun and then a drone yeah. that doesn't have a gun and it shoots a gun. So it's just like, I think Michael Bay said guns need to be in this movie and maybe that would be the sequence he directed. It did feel Michael Bay. I mean, the entire movie felt Michael Bay, which is weird. Yeah. I, he, he may have directed it all from a computer, honestly, from a computer monitor at home, too. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it did. It, it felt very Platinum Dunes, which is, I mean, I, I never realized bad. how much I never bad. realized how much Platinum Dunes actually has a has like a, a, a feel like they have a feel to them. They, well, they have a, yeah. a color palette. Almost all their movies are made by like the the Michael Bay B team. Like that's what. Uh, <laughs> no, no, like literally, that's what. Yeah, uh, they are. No, it makes sense. They're all like the assistant directors grown up, or the uh, second unit teams, like directors grown up, or whatever. No, like the the first camera assist is like like the cinematographer for a quiet place and stuff like that. Like it, it's the 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 team that he has like doing a second unit stuff is who he gave John Krasinski for a quiet place, and who also I think uh, made uh, the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Like that's just like his like B team for Transformers Elk. movies. Friday Thirteenth remake. Have to talk about it. Yeah, it's fun. I literally have done and finished Transformers the Thirteenth, where we fucking follow Travis Sutton from Shia LaBeouf all the way into his death at the hands of Jason. I have it done. I just have to QC it before I send it to you. You'll have it for Christmas. I promise. Okay. How long You're is gonna it? You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. <laughs> is it both minutes. movies? Yeah, it's both <clears throat> movies, but it's only Travis's uh, or Trent Trent Sutton's world. Uh, Travis Van Winkle is the actor. So um, he's in one scene in Transformers. He's in like two scenes <clears throat> of Transformers, <laughs> but it's great. I made it work. It's like fifty minutes. It's great. Okay, watch it with Corey. Watch it with Corey. I, I can't guarantee I'll ever <laughs> be able to be in the same room with Corey again. Is He'll... he that upset about Milo and Otis? No, he's that scared Stryker? of COVID. <laughs> Well, don't tell him about COVID twenty three. No, I didn't even mention Songbird to him because I think it would freak the freak him the fuck out. I mean, oh, I can oh, understand oh. a lot of people seeing this and being like, "All right, it's gun time," because <laughs> this is yeah. this is what I mean. It, it takes one announcement, you know, one little fucking news article. It's like, by the way, even as the vaccines roll out, scientists say that there might be a COVID twenty. That's mutated and maybe immune mm -hmm. to the vaccine. We easily uh, would easily be going down this path. Well, they did that already. I mean, scientists already were like, hey, the Indian strain of COVID is much more intense than the Chinese strain. Yeah. And the European strain is like the weakest. Yeah. And all that di different shit. Right. Which so is why the only I mean, people who died on the East Coast, because there was mostly European travel, was like really elderly people. And because Cuomo kept sending the old people who have COVID back to the nursing homes rather than keeping them in hospitals. Got to do it. Got to keep <clears> them going. <throat> thin the numbers, thin the herd. Um, it's it's uh, it's horrible what some of Cuomo has done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look at Cuomo. Like, there's a lot of things we, we need to get into the songbird because there's there's a lot of things um, that Cuomo's kept, done. Yeah, well, a lot of stuff that kept me really interested in the in the first act. The first act is by far the best. It's when all the world building happens, and that's yeah. where you start getting like all the like idea of like, oh, this is if this if Bill Gates gets his way, this is this is what happens. Like stipend mm -hmm. checks, uh, the idea of the you like you get mail through UV. I don't know why there's a bike courier when clearly Amazon would be handling all the uh, deliveries, but maybe the bike courier because uh, it's it's uh, Craig Robinson from the office uh, it has a courier service 
that's like uh uh I, I don't like why would why would one guy like have a courier? Service? I think I think the idea for some of that was I have a lot of questions about this movie, but I think for that it was mostly your world became really localized, and the idea of a of a greater network like Amazon couldn't even happen because there were such shutdowns that nobody could even go to work anymore. There wouldn't be a warehouse full of people. I would so I, you would have to be fully automated. But I guess by right now. In our current 2020, we are we are not that automated. We are obviously very automated in warehouses, but we're not that automated. And so losing an entire workforce of humans, a bunch of slave labor, you uh, you don't have anything to do it. So then you you become immediately localized. But I I, guess I didn't think that was what the, the they were like. I, maybe it was. I don't think they were saying that. There's still companies because there's a fucking new like Samsung phone. Uh, yeah. And, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that phone. What the fuck was it? That's I a new phone. That's phone. a new and that's a new actual phone that's coming out. That's like the, a wow, new the new way of flip phones. It. I've seen a commercial on YouTube that's like. Uh, you know, like when a product is in a movie and it's like, see, see Songbird and see the Samsung new Foldy McGee, McGee or whatever the fuck it's called. I want that phone. <clears throat> yeah, well, it, it got a lot of placement. But then also, like typically when you do product placement, everyone uses that brand, whereas like Demi Moore's character had an iPhone Max. And I thought that was odd because like if there's a new phone that has a clearly doing product placement shots for it, why does she use an iPhone? And then I started thinking, I bet that's Demi Moore's actual phone. <laughs> And they just yeah. didn't send her one. Yeah. Uh, and more than likely, too, she's like, I don't want your fucking new phone covered in COVID. I'll just use my thing. Thank you. I mean, you looked into it more, but like, I'm, I'm under the assumption that that house was either Bradley Whitford's house or Demi Moore's house. No, I don't know that. I don't know. I do know that like, OK, so like production wise, pre-production, we can just talk about it. Yeah. The pre-production started at March 13th, 2020 at 7.42 a.m. And dun dun and um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, when they 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 were casting in June, wait. And what's so they what? started before the lockdowns. Lockdowns were on yeah. like the seventeenth. They they started phone calls about this and getting like dire uh, directors, not directors, sorry, producers involved and executives involved uh, back in yeah early March. And so hmm. yeah, the lockdown went down into effect uh, March seventeenth uh, in California at least, and. Um, so they started this whole movie in Zoom calls, practically, and they prepped the cast. They cast everyone in June, and then they prepped the cast uh, throughout the month of June about how they were going to shoot the film. And then they started filming in July, uh, July 8th, and then they finished and wrapped up on August 3rd, and then they were in post <laughs> until December, which is a pretty fast post. But given that everything is shot on phone or a good chunk of the movie shot on phone. No, there was a lot of stuff in there. I'm, I'm pretty sure there, there was there, yeah. was there was plenty of actual cinema camera work. But I think they get away with a lot of the iPhone footage now more than uh, ever because of films like Searching, Unfriended. I don't yeah, think that's, most like, ever came Unfriended out. was before COVID, and yet like, yeah. they did a whole movie, effectively the only way you can make movies now. But this movie Famous definitely Searching. still had – I, I don't remember – What's the name of the main character so I can call him something? Nico. Nico. Corridor crew. They had Nico. Oh, oh really? <laughs> that's what that's what that's his job in the end. It would be uh corridor crew. Nico is gonna turn out to be a courier in 2024. Yeah. Uh he says what he did before the thing. I was like, I was a paralegal. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh but Nico's like when he's like riding around the city, like that's all cinema camera stuff so with like a Russian arm. So like Yeah, they, but that's also all video co-pilot shit too. It was like 
It was like it was like uh, all these like shots of like the city. It didn't even feel at the like par of uh, I Am Legend, which what came out in 2011. They bought they bought stock. Well, yeah, they did the effects in like half the time, and like for I'm sure a fraction of the budget. This thing, this thing, 90 percent of this budget was getting like the names, uh, the actors. So like they they probably had a guy like just yeah buy some fucking yeah. Shutterstock aerial footage of of LA KJ Appa dude gotta get KJ Appa for your fucking lead role in your movie dude everyone loves KJ Appa Nico I, I mean Justin is hard was the one who told me that he's from Riverdale I didn't realize oh that's right I forgot he told us that I don't I I, I was just like what the fuck is a Riverdale <laughs> I liked him honestly in the movie I thought he did a good job no he's not a bad actor I mean none of these people are yeah. bad actors they have horrible dialogue to work with there are shots of like, there are scenes with Bradley Whitford he's he is struggling to make that dialogue work uh yeah Bradley Whitford is just pure evil in this movie <laughs> yeah that was a, that was a weird that twist <laughs> came out of nowhere he he, yeah. he seemed like a flawed like relatable human being he's just like yeah because who doesn't want to fuck Alexander Daddario uh, and be married to Demi Moore. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, be pretty fine. But then all of a sudden he's like, I, I guess I'm a murderer now. It's like, really? <laughs> Where'd that come from? That was so weird. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Like he just gets so aggressive. He's like, call me, call me. I need you. What, 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 why are you ignoring me? I'm coming over. I'm coming over right now. <laughs> and then the turn on Demi was odd too. Cause she like caved in so much in like helping, her, uh, I guess may kill Bradley, uh, maybe an Alexander Dario killing William Bradley Whitford. And um, it was like one of those things. It was just kind of like, but you're going to get found out to me. And then they wrapped it all up at the end. Yeah, which it doesn't is really make any simple. Sense. Like May and and, uh, and Piper got together and they just said it was these two guys. Girls get it done. Like It was like, what is going on? Yeah, I, I was half under the well, murder is, is legal because the. Uh, Apparently. Richard Jewell doesn't like. Yeah. Like typically, if you if you put a, put a gun on a drone and flew the drone somewhere and shot someone with it, yeah. someone would knock at your door. I think. Uh, yeah. Also, Alexandra Daddario's character May plays it great. Her name was like what Mayday ninety one. She, <laughs> she was notes. great at the way she responded to the death. Like she's just in shock. But the next scene where she's just like jumping on her bed, excited about drones, it's like, no, shouldn't you have like some kind of like anxiety disorder now because of being around this guy or drones <laughs> because of they were involved in the death of someone yeah, whose we'll, blood we'll ended that. up that on your face? That was the weirdest fucking happy ending I've ever goddamn seen in a movie. It was on. And they were driving off to Big Sur. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's a, there, there are so many weird things. Like, wouldn't you make the place that they were going to escape to like Texas or something that's like a, a place that's been associated with being uh, against all the lockdowns and having freedom. But it's like, no, let's go to fucking Big Sur. <laughs> it's like, why there? Oh, dude, that was so weird, too. Because so, Okay, so the whole movie, I'm thinking, this feels like a pseudo prequel to Last of Us. Like, obviously, it's not Cordyceps. It's COVID-23. But, like, I, like, I'm like, it has this, like, quarantine zones, like the Q zone starting up and everything like that. Had that feel to it. Yeah. And then at the very end. That was another end, disappointment. Never even see, never see inside the Q zones. No, we just, you never We go. just CG some, some aerial stock footage. It, it, yep. made, it made a little concentration camp in one shot. I really yeah. wanted to see. There was so much I wanted to see of this world. You see more of District 9, the inside of District 9 itself, than you do ever uh, any quarantine zone. Like, it was like it was like an overhead shot once of a riot going on, right? That oh, yeah, it. yeah. That's all it was, yeah. But the Big Sur thing, but the Big Sur thing I thought was interesting because The Last of Us Part 2 ends with the whole thing, like, we got to go to Big Sur. So, like, Ellie's heading off to Big Sur. Was you it know, Big Sur? The, I thought it was Santa Barbara. No, it was Santa Barbara was the very end, but the very, at the end of Santa Barbara, they find out 
oh, there's a faction of good fireflies in Big Sur. So she she's heading off to Big Sur. That is going to be maybe Last of Us 3. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Big Sur is never actually shown in Last of Us Part 2. But the idea that Big Sur was mentioned in, in this movie in the very end on a tacked on ending with Last of Us Part 2 just also having Big Sur in it. It felt just like this weird connection. Like it almost was trying to be like, yeah, we're kind of like this wink, wink and a nudge. Yeah. I, it had that feel to me at least. And um, what's the current Mac OS? I don't know. What is it? It's Big Sur. Oh, is it right now? It just Big came Sur? out. It just came out a month ago. Yeah. Is it sexy? Are you using it? It, lo- it looks a lot different. Yeah. It looks, uh, th- this is the first visual up like change they've had. It looks more iOS-y. All the apps are squares now. I'm looking up Big Sur because just, just to be familiar with where it is. Yeah, I've been there. I've been to Carmel by the Sea. I guess that counts as Big Sur. No, Big Sur's a little bit further south, and it's kind of like a, a, a state park. I definitely drove through it then. Uh, yeah, if you were on Highway One, you drove through it. Yeah, maybe, sure. maybe, uh, maybe somebody knows something. Maybe uh, Big Sur is where we're, yeah. supposed, we're supposed to head. You're, you're not. Okay. You're a lot closer than I am, dude. I, if if shit goes down. Let's both meet in Big Sur, okay? No, I'm going to Texas. And Cool Boy Nation, come to Big Sur, too. <laughs> Let's all trash it. <laughs> we'll start a new Chaz. But ours yeah. will be named after Chaz fucking Dean. Yeah, we'll build gardens in the middle of cement roads. Fucking It'll reporter. A reporter will come up to Chaz Dean, who's still living in the apocalyptic Los Angeles and can't have his salons open, and be like, Mr. Dean, Mr. Dean, how do you feel about there being a country that's just named you president and it's taken over Big Sur? And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm not. Oh gay. my god! <laughs> I'm not. <gay>. <laughs> <laughs> I see here. Here's my ex girlfriend from high school. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, well, speaking of this drones, this guy is sir, a gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What episode was that? We did that. Oh, the that Chaz had episode. to have been Chaz. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Chaz extravaganza. Oh my god! What the fuck was that? Nick Wiki Net Worth. Yeah, we still have. I mean, that just should just be the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> we should look up Michael Bay on WikiNet Worth at the end of this. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Um, you mentioned it earlier. I just want to go over it now while we're talking about Big Sur and drones and all and the ending. Um, Paul Walter Hauser, who played Michael Dozer or Dozer, uh, the guy that was Richard Jewell and Eastwood's Richard Jewell. Yeah. He's fucking amazing in that movie, Richard yeah. Jewell. I haven't seen He's Richard He's really Jewell. good. I've seen it's, uh, it's I, Tanya. He's good in that, too. Oh really? Okay, I have not watched Itania. I, I he plays the guy who did the <laughs> with the whacking. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, for uh, Itania, what throws me off is Sebastian Stan. I just I like him, but I just I, I don't want. He's good watch in the role. Him. I mean, he's good in the role. Good. All right, I'll have to watch. Blends it. into the character, uh, but no, th- this I mean, th- those are both better written roles than this character. Uh, who, yeah, he was struggling. He's a shut in. He was a shut-in since 2018 before the virus because, his because legs he was work. a veteran. Yeah. And then I thought he was like uh, incapable of moving and he was like crippled. But then at the very end of the movie, he's walking like FDR in Pearl Harbor. I'm like, what's going on? Is this a miracle? When does <laughs> he walk? He, he walks to like he or he kind of like stands on his legs to get to the uh, the shutters. And he starts ripping the tinfoil and the newspaper off the glass. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he's and I'm like, the world what in. the fuck is going on? He's walking. They're like, this is a miracle. God, God has come and saved us. That was a that was definitely the weirdest dynamic was. Uh, OK, so I guess. All right. There's a lot I have to go into in terms of the world building. But uh, Alexander Daddario's character was definitely the 
worst She was going to be a pop star. She was going to be a pop star. Now she's a see me, see you star. What is that? Is that Twitch? I guess I'm guessing it's either Twitch or supposed to be like TikTok, but Twitch is the live one. And it is like a thing that like, it's like the the, the PG. Yeah, no, it's the PG version of OnlyFans. And it is the same way where like, if a guy sends you $100, you give him a call and say like, hey, what's up? I'm I'm name. (laughs) I'm Alexander (laughs) Daddario. Do you want me to sing for you? And, and I guess because she found a connection with Rachel, that was weird casting. Like never cast that guy, Paul Walter Hauser as the I guess that. romantic interest for Alexander Daddario. Well, they don't always cast them as uh, romantic interests <clears throat> for her, but they're always cast a random, like ugly dude to, to like pair with her in a movie. Huh. So, uh, so ugly dudes everywhere can be like, oh, you're telling me there's a chance. Can you cite <laughs> like, another example of this? Uh, Baywatch, she's paired up with that ugly fat dude that's funny and with the awkward, ugly face from, um, shit, I don't, can't remember what he's from. Oh, he's right. A, he, he's one of the lifeguards in Baywatch. She hooks uh, up with him. That's right. Yeah, you're right. And Layover, there's that one weird, funny talking guy from Best Buy, uh, Best Buy, from, uh, Better Call Saul or no, uh, Breaking Bad. He's one of the drug <laughs> dealers, but the tall, fat one. <laughs> I get, I get how you got him from Breaking Bad to Better Call Saul, but I'm not sure how Best Buy got in there. But sure. <laughs> Best Buy, I was just going through bees in my head. I was literally going through my Rolodex in my head like a Terminator. Yeah. Fuck you, asshole! Like it was just like that. I was just Best Buy, Best Buy Better Call Saul, the Breaking Better, Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> That's not even alphabetical. <laughs> it was Best Buy, Better Call Saul, Breaking. No, Bad. No, you went Best Buy, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. Oh, <laughs> Better Call Saul, then Breaking Bad. No, I said Breaking Bad third. I did play the tape back. Anyways, no. <laughs> the the point is rewind that, your um, podcast. <laughs> you yeah, rewind your back podcast. Thirty seconds. Thirty up. seconds. But yeah, they pair her up with ugly guys. I think it's so ugly guys like myself can go. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe you. You cited two other examples. That's it. That's all I needed. Done. Proof. I guess she's she's like supposed to be just not quite hot enough that you could believe her being with the ugly girl. But oh. Uh, not, not not really she she, she she i mean yeah, she, yeah she's already dating bradley whitford i mean let's all right we're not going through this linearly we're all over the place so i yeah. i, I want to just go back to the world building real fast so we can establish something i this movie in addition to being i knew it wouldn't be good and i because I, I don't like we don't decide whether or not we'll do a movie based on whether or not it's good. Otherwise, we never would have done a like, that, like if we were had a podcast, we wouldn't have been able to do a spoiler cast about Suicide Squad because we all saw that, even though we knew it would be like a one out of fucking five star or boy movie. So no. uh, this movie, we you know, I, I wanted to do it because of its cultural significance. I didn't think it was going to be good because of Platinum Dune's track record. <clears throat> I did not expect it to be as bad as it was. But I also wasn't expecting what it did with being about like this gov- totalitarian government world, uh, which which COVID isn't real. I thought it was going to lean harder. Wait, you mean turning government officials into slasher killers? Yeah, basically. But I thought it was going to go heavier on that level of like the government's in control. I thought like based on the trailer, I thought Demi Moore was going to be like a government official. She had kind of a Gretchen Whitmer vibe to her, like in terms of casting. That's who I would cast right. for Gretchen Whitmer. Um, it would actually be a really good casting to get Demi Moore if she had a good script, which she didn't in this movie. Uh, but 
I, I thought so. I thought there would be like more of like what the government's doing and how it's all kind of maybe a hoax and the virus isn't anywhere near as bad as they act like it is. But there was a point where you thought they might go that route. Actually, there I was a point. Where, yeah, I thought I, in the first act, I thought they're going that route. But then the grandma gets it. And I thought, OK, she's just going to be sick for like a little bit. And then she'll feel better. But then, the, you know, Peter Stormare is going to come and take her to the camp or something. But she actually dies from it. But, of course, real old people do die of, of COVID. So I'm not sure. Sh- and she didn't get any medical attention. So I'm not really sure if the virus was more deadly than the current strain of COVID. And there, like, it, like, it, it wasn't like a, a complete scam. There really was a virus, which is I did not think they were going that way. But then they also mm-hmm. go the way like the, the government's scary and evil, or maybe it's just this one guy <laughs> who's who's the scary slasher killer, Peter Stormare, or maybe because the government does almost shoot Nico at the beginning, mm-hmm. like like yeah, and they call like, him a muni scum, yeah, which I was kind of like, wait, did they say muti scum, like mutant? Yeah, I had trouble with that too. I, I thought it, it was muti uh, for yeah, a long but time. then later it's muni, and I'm like, oh, oh, because he's immune. Immunity. Oh, I get it. That's clever. But I thought he was supposed to be a mutant at first. So the whole movie, I'm thinking, are there supposed to be mutants in this? Like, well, kind of. You are a mutant if you're uh, if you have evolved the immunity. True. So I guess. But uh, yeah, let's get back to. Uh, well, the, I the think Peter Stormare's Emmett Harlan, head of L.A.'s Department of Sanitation, who was a garbage man yeah. before the pandemic. I always remember thinking, garbage men, they're going to get it someday. They're going to get theirs, and this was it. I was like, the whole movie, I'm like, you know what? If I was a garbage man, I'd be so happy to watch this movie. Be like, yeah. Wait, you think right. you have a thing that garbage men are going to take over at some point? I've always thought that, yeah. I don't know what it is. They, I mean, they have so much control. They take your garbage or they don't take your garbage. I'm always- they don't take your garbage. <laughs> you're fucked. It's illegal to dump your garbage somewhere else. Is it? Pretty much. I, I know. I've been uh, arrested a few times for dumping garbage in people's yards. Huh. But, like, you can't do that. I remember one time I put my garbage in someone's can, and then they came back to my house. And, unfortunately, I had a whole bunch of my friends who were Tongans there at the time. And she came to the door, and this woman was so fucking pissed. And she's like, hey, where is, you know, Ballard? She said my first name because she actually read it off my, like, homework from college. And I'm like, oh, shit. And meanwhile, like, my friends, like, Howard, Princeton, are, like, at the door. <laughs> and they're, like, and they're just, like, you know, staring at her. And they're, like, yeah, he's our friend, but he's not here right now. And I'm, like, I'm like actually behind them. I'm like, yeah, awesome. She's, like, tell him next time he dumps his trash like that. Did <laughs> you dump your can. trash on their lawn? Who's in the role no, here? I put, it, I put a bag of trash in their garbage can because I didn't have any room in my can. Okay, that's not as bad. That's on that's on uh, curb. Dude. That's on curb. Well, Larry, apparently, Larry throws apparently it. They got, it fell over in the night. And then it spilled onto their yard, so they thought I did it or something like that. I'm not sure what actually happened because I wasn't over there. It kind of sounds like you're in the wrong here. I, I, <laughs> I was trying to reference uh, the Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry puts the uh, a single can of like soda in a guy's recycling bin. He's like, hey, that's oh. my recycling. Oh, yes, yes, I do remember that, yes. You're, you're like, yes. He's like, I, not, but you get paid for it or whatever. You get like a, a, a rebate for it. So like I'm, I'm gifting you something to recycle. <laughs> I was one time... Um, uh, moving in, I had a whole bunch of trash after, like, you know, wrapping up, cleaning the place. And I didn't know where to throw the trash, so I drove over to a local grocery store and went into the back where their dumpster was, and I started unloading all this trash out of the back of my car into their dumpsters. And right then, I see this guy come running out, like, dressed in the land. There's been way too much uh, trash-related crime in your life. <laughs> he's in the grocery store, like, gear, you know, so he's, he's, he's like, clearly a, a worker there. And he's just, like, he comes running out, and I'm like, oh, shit, he sees us. 
And I'm like, babe, babe, we got to go get in the car. And so he ducks back into the store, the grocery store. And I'm like, okay, I got some time. So I start throwing a few more things out of the out of the car into the dumpster. At that point, the guy comes running around the corner. The store is gone. With another person behind him, and they're both beelining straight at me. And I just <laughs> slam the, the, the back of my car shut, jump in the driver's seat, gun it off. It, it was I have yeah I've done a lot of uh, trash related uh, mishaps in my life. Crime. One time I hit a trash can as a kid all this is under 18 i'll just say that how about that and, <laughs> and it squished it like a pimple and it shot all this trash juice the up fuck in is the wrong? air destroy your trash out like a regular person why are you even <laughs> talking about trash Tra like they, the one character in this movie is about trash and we had to go on a three-minute tangent about all the time you committed lesson. crime by throwing away trash. I learned my lesson about trash one time in college i thought it would be funny to create a massive trash pile at the under my dorm room window and unfortunately, I was Why? on the second floor. <laughs> Why would that be funny? <laughs> I thought it would be funny, like Simpsons. Anyways, I did it. I threw all this trash down on my window. The problem was is I was the second floor. So the first floor person got in trouble too. <laughs> because they thought it was them throwing it out their window. I, I took I took responsibility for it. I, took I need to clip out these stories in, in, in case there's ever like we, we, <laughs> we have an Eduardo Saverin uh, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg issue over the, <laughs> when the cool boys is worth five billion dollars for yeah, some right, reason. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's I need a, to have like a, yeah. just just like, you know, like all that stuff about how like uh, Eduardo Saverin had the chicken. And like that gets pulled up in a fucking court. You're, you're going to have these stories like an episode. It. 205 of the cool boys he admits to trash related crimes right and there was like a cold case the fbi has uh, like out there that they can't, they can't figure out who this trash guy yeah, is yeah yeah the, <laughs> the, the bay the area man. trash <laughs> i don't even they know what it would the be the trash lever <laughs> i want to be the uh <laughs> yeah the, the trash the locker. trasher that's yeah cleaner the trasher mm -hmm. or just trasher <laughs> lose the the it's cleaner so uh, of course when i saw peter stormare as uh emmett harland All i right. was like yes Yes, finally brought it this back. guy is exactly what I want. This movie made me question whether or not Peter Stormare is a capable actor at all. Like, I get why he like he knows Bay because of uh, Armageddon. Yeah, maybe some other movie. I think that might be the only one. Uh, oh, he's in a bunch of Bay movies, but definitely Armageddon. He's been in Spielberg movies. He's been he's in Minority Report. He's in a lot of big things. He's in Coen Brothers. He's worked with all these great mm -hmm. actors or great directors. And I've never questioned whether or not he was a good actor. He's a little weird minority report, but uh, I've always assumed he kind of is. But seeing him it was like there was good actors in this movie who were handed this dialogue and they, they tried to play it as straight as possible. At least that's what Bradley Whitford and Demi Moore did. And I guess uh, uh, the whatever the guy was, <laughs> you deleted his name, so I can't remember it now. No, I didn't. Paul, uh, Craig Robinson? No. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul Walter Hauser? Uh, Richard Jewell <laughs> was the name I was looking for. Uh, no, yeah, you didn't delete it. You turn, you turn it white. Um, yeah. I just see the highlight over it. I forgot I can do that. I, for, I forgot about that trick. That's how you make it come back. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, like they all, they all at least knew the best way to work with the bad uh, dialogue. But Peter Stormare, like, I think he's a bad actor actually, and, and maybe he just he kind of went with it because that character was. So over the top, the no, he's not a bad actor. No, he's not a bad actor. Okay, it's it's the fact that the writing is so horrible for this character 
that he he did what he had to do. He didn't know what he was. He he loves tricking people into getting these immunity bracelets and then ki- killing them and murdering yeah, like, them. What, <laughs> what the fuck was happening there? I don't understand I, first, his story. I understood it because like he was like, okay, this guy's sleazy, so of course he's selling these things on the side. And and, and, and you know we had no reason to assume that Demi Moore wasn't setting it up. But instead, she, I guess she called the sanitation guy. So maybe he <clears throat> maybe Peter Stormare knows that Demi Moore is selling the. See the bracelet secretly, but he's Maybe. also going to kill anybody who knows about it. <laughs> How does yeah, that work? That's, that's killing your customer base. Yeah. So I, okay. So that's what I, at the first time you saw him, you're like, okay, he just killed that guy who was asking to buy something. So it was like a sting, and then he just shows up later to the you know the removing of some individuals from a from a home, and you're kind of like, wait, so he just did that on the side while like showing up to a quarantining of a house, like. He's a the only guy who does this in L.A., I guess. <laughs> what is going, but he's the head of the department. Well, they like, did explain the, that. Like how, how like how a borderline homeless person, because you, you you first meet him, he's living in a fucking uh, mobile home, which we have like they're all over. Those fucking, you know, campers are just mm-hmm. strewn over the city. It's like those are the elite homeless people. Those are the rich homeless people. Homeless have classes. There's homeless with a camper, homeless with a car, homeless with nothing. And like the, tent. There's tent homeless, too. I think the tents are just given out to the ones who have nothing. Oh, okay. I think they just give them tents. I don't think you earn a tent. But nobody's giving out campers. No. You got to sell something. <laughs> Probably your soul in order to Jeez. get one of those. Well, he was a garbage man forever. So, he, I mean, he was making some good money, you'd think, too. They're I mean, union. I, I think garbage I, men in L.A. make like 75K. Yeah, they make. Oh, that's not that. Well. <clears throat> that's not that's not bad that's not bad for a fucking it's not garbage bad, but i thought they made more i thought they were making six figures longshoremen make like six figures easy they make like two hundred fifty thousand dollars as much as like neurosurgeons make it's like absurd Jesus. But yeah if your union and that union is in a blue state especially if it's california and and the, i mean by union I, I don't mean like editor's guild or, or <laughs> sag no. or any of those guilds i mean no. union that has contracts with the city with its never-ending tax supply. But, like, this movie was really confusing in that its totalitarian government seemed to have very sporadic enforcement. <laughs> There's, like, they checkpoints did. ever so often, but the city's empty. And Peter Stormare at one point says, like, oh, yeah, you can just go steal a car. It's like, can yeah. you? Then why the fuck are you worried about getting these uh, – bra- like, you're not having the money for this bracelet. Just go steal a fucking car. Rob a bank. He walks into somebody's apartment at one point and steals some, like, pencils. And I'm like yep. – but then you see him, like, saving up his money. Like, all right, I got the $300 I earned today and put it in my wallet. It's like, why don't you just rob everything in that fucking apartment? Or maybe the money was already taken because it was pre-robbed and nobody else wanted pencils. I don't know. The movie no was confusing. <laughs> yeah. The movie felt like it was trying to the, like do what The Purge did for the first Purge movie. Not the not the movie called The First Purge. I mean The Purge, the first film that was released. And um, of that I think, series. Somewhere around there, yeah. And and what's weird is that like The Purge had a strong backbone to build off of because we were involved in some way of seeing kind of how this family dealt with it and through their eyes. It's very purge, yeah, it's very purgy. But this one, they 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 spent too much time focusing on too many narrative threads. Yeah, that it needed less. Focus it didn't need, on what the world was exactly. Did not need to Dario and Richard Jewell at all. Like, not at all. No, not at all. Get God. rid of them and have Nico's character and also the girl Evie. Is her name or Sarah? She's, no, no, Sarah. <laughs> she, Sarah. You have Evie. Right Evie's now. from the Descendants. We'll get into that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, give their give their story. <laughs> 
it felt like there needed to be a story. And instead it was yeah. just like, like kind of starting points for stories. It was splice of life. Yeah. But it didn't, like the, first of all, the movie's an hour and 24 minutes. Yeah. With, and it takes place over 48 hours, roughly. Yeah. It's that's, that's fine. Great movies take place over short periods of time, but, mm -hmm. uh, this is half a movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and yet it's also think, overstuffed. It has too many characters. I think it's the characters, but I also think that they didn't, they needed to, they didn't have enough to be able to shoot based on logistics of filming in COVID. So I think they had to like inflate it with characters that were doing not that much, but in the end you, you could have maybe spent a little bit more time, working with some of the other characters instead of really, truly may and dozer. Uh, cause yeah, Richard Jewell and Alexandra Dario, I mean, as great as they were in this movie and they had, and they had great performances for what they were given, they weren't needed at all. And they weren't needed in the third act. Like everyone ties into the movie somehow. That's the whole thing. They're trying to make it like Magnolia or whatever. Everyone <laughs> figures their way into the story. Except somehow. for Bradley Whitford. <laughs> well, yeah, who just dies. Yeah. That's how he figures his way into the story. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those moments where you're kind of watching. You're like, you just didn't need that. You didn't need Bradley Whitford's character to become evil and murdered. You didn't need. No, to that was have... a second character they needed that they they didn't bother setting up, which is like her abusive ex boyfriend. Uh, and then Bradley Whitford should have just been the guy who's fucking her for paying her money, which I was confused yeah. when it when it, like that's what I thought was happening. She's also a prostitute on the side, as are many Twitch streamers. Um, but uh, the idea that like he, he was like, had a relationship with her, maybe predating the COVID scares and that then it went sour because he wasn't able to make her a, a pop star, but there's no concerts that's anymore. It. Anyways, is that what yeah. happened? <laughs> I, that's, I think that's what happened, but that reveal comes late and is not big enough of a reveal to care that you kind of feel that it, when it happens, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I could have used that information earlier, I feel like, because I completely watched that scene and thought she was prostituting herself to Bradley Cooper or Whitford. Whitford or whatever, yeah. <laughs> like, that was just weird. Like, I was, because I didn't understand that he had control over her and power over her yet at that point. Okay, so speaking of characters that didn't matter, um, there was also Emma. The daughter of Piper, Demi Moore's character's daughter. She has AIDS. She does not have AIDS. <laughs> what was it? She had an autoimmune deficiency or an autoimmune disorder. She didn't have the uh, whatever AIDS is the. No, um, she has whatever the fault in their stars girl has where she has to have the nose thing all the time because she has no immune system. She's just born that way. Yeah, okay. She doesn't have Maybe acquired immune. she was born that way. She doesn't have acquired immunodeficiency <clears throat> syndrome. AIDS. No, I don't think she has she AIDS. She just has autoimmune disorder. <laughs> AIDS. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to be clear. She has one kind of AIDS, not the other kind of AIDS. Well, maybe she does have AIDS, but she doesn't have HIV, I don't think. Right. Confirmed. Well, not really. Confirmed. I mean, we don't know. We, th that character wasn't really developed. She's basically... What I if mean, that character was, like, all about crack and, like, heroin and, like, was shooting up all kinds of, like, dirty, like, <laughs> dirty pills, dirty needles into her? <laughs> that's dirty pills the scene the dialogue <laughs> with exposition like if you ever want to know how like the best exposition arguably in in, in cinema is all in, of tenet, is in the all terminator of tenet. is in the, the terminator entire, no the entire movie of tenet is exposition 
<laughs> the entire movie of Tenet is all it is is exposition. Uh, Inception was also entirely exposition. There was like the rules were getting explained in the third act of that movie. Now I'm talking about the Terminator when when Kyle Reese is you know driving in the car, uh, escape, and Arnold's uh, chasing them. He's explaining everything. He's like, "This is what Terminators are. This is what the future is. This is what I do." But there's an action sequence going on, so it's like fact, action, fact, action. It, you never feel like you're getting this dump because it's you're, you're so enthralled by this, the way the scenes unfolding out. I mentioned that because in, in this movie, there's a there's a scene between uh, Demi Moore Piper and her daughter Emma, Emma, in which the, the girl says like, "I wish her name was Irma." <laughs> Irma, so Irma says to to uh, Demi Moore, she's like, "I thought because you were immune, I would be immune too." And, and, and Demi Moore's like, "I know, but you are not immune as I am." And the daughter's like, <laughs> "But it's worse because my immune system's even worse than a normal person." And that sucks. And then Moore's like, I'm going to protect you, though. It's OK. And then Bradley Whitford's like, I got to leave to go fuck someone. Uh, yeah. That's obviously what, what I'm doing. And that's what you, you know I'm doing. And when I come yeah. back, I will burn my clothes, even though it's been established that there's UV fucking machines that, that kill the virus. So why is he burning this clothes? Because they're I, covered in some whore and some sluts juices. Maybe that was what it was. She just didn't I want think that's what it was. Demi Moore's pussy or, or uh, Alexander Daddario's pussy juice. Her wet ass pussy in there. Demi Moore didn't look as good. Whap, whap, whap. Oh, dude, I, okay, we can get to that later too. We're gonna have a whole bunch of fuck me this this week. But um, yes, yeah, I, I liked I liked Demi Moore's character. Uh, other than I didn't realize that she it seemed like she was in control. That she was actually the one in power, and Bradley didn't have power. Okay, she was wait, a social media star and event planner and coordinator who in the movie. Yeah, that was her character. They, okay. they say at the end, but, but then and, she fell and, into getting people. She's basically a travel agent and gets people bracelets for them. Okay. So if she's a social planner and event coordinator and Bradley Whitford's character is essentially a failed uh, record record executive or a record executive that doesn't have any records to produce anymore. I or guess whatever. not. Yeah. How how do they all of a sudden get this uh, abundance of immunity bracelets at the Griffin's house here? I, I <laughs> think then, they were getting them from Peter Stormare's character. So he was just giving it to So how did he meet up with them? How does a garbage man meet up with these others? That is a how good. Does, that is a good question. <laughs> I didn't understand how that connected. I feel like her character needed to work for the government. That was my problem. That's why I assume like that's the way she acted in the trailer. I assumed she was working for the government. And when she sell like then she's like, and I'm selling bracelets on the side. It's like, oh, okay, she works in the government. And then it's like she's a social media star and event planner at the very end when they're doing like, the newsreel setup. And I'm like, she wait, she didn't work for the government. Why did she? Did she know Peter Stormare or did she just call yeah. the co- like the the COVID cops? And he happened to be the one who shows up because much like um, that one actor in Man of Steel, uh, he's like the only he's like the military guy. Yeah, yeah Christopher serving, Maloney. Christopher yeah. Maloney. Yeah, he, he's he's just like the COVID sanitation guy. And he's always mm-hmm. got like extras who were uh, cover who were you know wearing the the hazmat suits. And I know from being on set with an, a, a man named Noli that hazmat suits that cover the face are a great way to swap out actors at different times when you don't have oh, the yeah. same people showing up on the same day, or, oh, yeah. or having you know the same three guys be ten henchmen that Sergio shoots. It is. Easy. At one point, Sarah pretends to be one of them, and she she knocks out a guy. (laughs) Like you can't tell that it's a it's now a a fucking five foot tall girl is now wearing the hazmat suit that a six foot tall guy was in. Bobby or something. I think his name was Bobby. At one point, like Bobby, you okay? Bobby, you okay? (laughs) 
And she just like puts a thumb up and like, oh, that's classic Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That I, 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 I can't. I think that was actually her plan. Sarah's plan was like, all right, so they'll come in to take my dead gra- grandma. All right. I thought was, I guess it was a grandma. She kept using a uh, Spanish Lita. term. Lita. Lita. I don't know Lita. what that her means. Name is I, was, Lita. I thought it was her mom. And this is like, I, and then the gra- then the mom says, you're just like your mom. And I'm like, wait, who are you? Mm-hmm. Were, Lita. you were you thrown off by that as well? No, I just assumed she was Lita. I'm like, oh, that's Lita. <laughs> it's her roommate. Her roommate is this old lady, and she really loves her. So I assumed that was who it was, Lita. Oh, my God. Are you looking it up? Yes. I love this. You're looking this up. Who is Lita in Songbird? Aunt. <laughs> Aunt? Wait, no, no. It's just a proper name or it means a tongue worm. Lita. Oh, my God. Who is Lita? We'll never know. We'll never know who this uh, or who this actress is because I never took the time to figure it out beforehand. This has been the worst the doc. fucking. It's a name. It's a, her name is. I guess her name is just Lita. I thought it was. I thought it meant grandmother. She is. She's Sarah's grandmother. And her name is Lita. How, yeah. Where do you get that information from? Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> from the movie? Say at least. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I, just checked that I wonder out. what happened to the mother then. Maybe she got COVID. 23. COVID and died. Yeah. Okay, here's the other question then. So how the fuck did Lita get COVID-23? That's she a good question too. House. I think she was socializing with the neighbor who had it. So that's okay. So when, when Peter Stormare's character... References that's a possibility. We're supposed yeah, to that's a good assume scene. that's what happened. That's a good scene. It needed a different actor to play that character, and it needed different dialogue. But the conceptualization of like the the creepy government official being like, "Hey, you guys come out and maybe socialize." You know, a lot of people do that, and they mm-hmm. say no, and then I come back, and you don't want me, Catherine, to come back. I won't be in this pleasant a disposition. That's a cool, scary scene. Yep. But Peter Sorbert's acting in the dialogue, I can't, I'm not sure wh- how much of, of each of those things, just really took it down, and I never I never bought it. Plus the fact that it was like filmed on, like clearly like somebody held up a cell phone to Peter Sorbert right. in a hallway. But um, right. th- th- that was like where I still had a lot of hope for the movie, because that, that was a, a scary concept. And of course it doesn't, the, seat, the way it plays out doesn't work, where like Sarah's plan is, I guess, to use her baseball bat to uh, like this, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a, it's like a two bedroom apartment, but there's like a, a long five minute cat and mouse. And it's like, that doesn't work with this little of space. Oh yeah. They, they're walking up and down that little hallway forever going, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, isn't she in that room that you just walked into? <laughs> she's like, there's, there's two <laughs> fucking rooms and she's in the other one holding yeah. a bat. It's like, yeah. they needed a bigger place for that. Um, but it wouldn't have been realistic. It, they needed a better plan too. Like Sarah's plan needed to be better than knock a guy out in the hazmat suit, leave the body on the floor. Maybe have yeah. killed that guy. I figured she could just go out the window or something. Uh, that would have made a little bit more sense. I mean, having her in, in the hazmat suit could have been like a cool thing, but then they immediately throw that away. when he goes like, Hey, I know it's you and pulls the hazmat yep. thing off. And he's like, Oh, by the way, you're probably immune because if you weren't immune, you'd be dead. So I guess, the COVID-23 actually can kill people who are like 24 years old because COVID-19, the real one, doesn't really do that. G- grandma's, it, sure, but 
It mutated. It's pretty rare. But yeah, this is a mutated virus that I guess would, would kill her unless she was mutated. And then she's like, oh, well, you can let me go. And he's like, no, I'm not going to for unexplained reasons. And then, of course, the big climactic thing is that boyfriend puts a bracelet on her wrist. That was the yeah. worst fucking ending uh, oh my God. possible. It was the least dramatic ending possible. They and touched the, for the first time, though. That was the first time they ever touched. Yeah, I know. that. I, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> but then the military, who were about to fucking shoot her, or send her to the Q zone, uh, are like, oh, she's immune? Okay, totally fine. She just murdered a guy. <laughs> Didn't she just fucking yeah. kill a guy? Yeah, yeah, she did, and they had the body still in the apartment. It took them, they knew it. Um, but yeah, of course they didn't give a fuck killed, about that. And boyfriend killed Peter. She Stormare. also didn't have a bright yellow wristband on or a bracelet on for that entire time. All of a sudden, she had it on. It's yeah. like, come on, dude! Like, oh, she forgot this at home. Oops! How do I know? I I've been quarantined on, you know, never in her home. But oh, I know. And that was that was weird. It, it was weird that it happened in front of all these military people with their guns drawn. And I kept waiting for the Night of the Living Dead moment where they gunned them both down. Honestly, and it didn't happen. Yeah, this needed a Night of the Living Dead type of aesthetic to it, ending. Like, it needed that mentality. It never it never went there where, like, the government's doing some truly evil shit. Last of Us, to bring up something uh, like It has that again, in spades, yeah. It did it in the very beginning of the first game. Yeah, and then, like, uh, and like Children of Men, where the, the bus goes through that fucking yep. uh, checkpoint, and they just, yeah. you know, put a bag over someone's head and pull her out. Like. Yep. You needed that scene. You needed the scene where, like, they're just, like, throwing bodies and shit. I mean, it said you just get Peter Stormare being like, bag the bitch. <laughs> like, it was all Peter Stormare. They needed a different actor in that role and well, also I also more. thought we were going, I thought we were going into the Q-Zone with Sophia Carson's character. I think the budget Sarah. didn't allow it. I have a I feeling there's a script oh. where she goes into that zone. That's what, okay, that movie needed another 15 minutes of going into that zone and seeing what that zone was and then seeing her demise and her die in there essentially yeah and the boyfriend has to break her out of the q zone would be a cool third act but instead he just puts a bracelet on her wrist yep and hugs her for the first time and he gets the bracelet because demi moore just changes her mind changes her mind to the guy that was apparently in her house to kill her and her daughter because she gets the warning from fucking lester greg robinson's character and he's like i think he's in your house to kill you essentially she's like oh fuck it's the gun gets her daughter in her room pulls the gun on him he's like i am not leaving here unless i get a bracelet which to me i thought was a threat i'm like oh he just threatened her and she's like all right here's the bracelet it's like what he just threatened just like killing you and everyone in this family if he doesn't get a bracelet essentially it's weird that they hired craig robinson to play that part too because you play you get him to do comic relief obviously but yep he doesn't do any of it Okay, so on top of Craig Robinson being involved in that moment where he's literally ratting out Nico to Piper, Demi Moore's character. Yeah. He then all of a sudden, Lester, the character Lester, Craig Robinson, all of a sudden gets in with Richard Jules Dozer. And then Lester and Dozer are working in tandem to save Sarah. At no, the it's end set up that they know each other because he uses them to get the drone to find no, Nico. Oh, when he's not, no, Lester and Dozer know each other. But why are they so invested in saving Sarah? I thought that was just Dozer. Had the drone, had the drone fly to her. By the way, the drone was like terrible visual. Like, what they couldn't just get a drone and have it fly off and no, on no, screen. No, no, no. Dozer, no. Dozer sends the 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 drone to save May, but Dozer is involved in helping hunt down Sarah as she's getting taken to the Q zone. And Lester, who just called Piper Demi Moore's character to tell her that Nico's there to kill her and her family, essentially, 
is all of a sudden helping now, Nico, find Sarah, and Dozer is jumping in on it all of a sudden. I think, I think everyone, he's just loyal to everyone, everyone shouts yay in celebration at the end when Sarah's saved. And I'm like, who the fuck is Sarah to you? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's what's true. going on? You were just going to fucking rat Nico out right now to Piper like he was going in her house to kill her and her daughter. Well, he obviously was. like So he was supposed to rat, her out, rat him out when Demi Moore called him. And it's like, how the fuck does he know about the bracelets? And he's like, I yeah. don't know. Even though it's like, obviously that he told you, her. You said something. Yeah. yeah he said. Like, that's like, she already knows this. And then yeah. she's like, all right, well, where is he? And he like pulls up like, oh, he's there. And he goes, I don't know where he is. Mm -hmm. And then only tells her where he is because he was breaking into her house. Even though right. if he was going to kill her, why would he be like, if, if Craig Robinson thinks that uh, Nico might be willing to kill Demi Moore. Why would he also, but he's obviously not, he's not going to hurt her. He's just going to steal the bracelet. Why, why would he be like loyal to this guy who he also thinks might be capable of cold blooded murder? Yes. That's weird. <laughs> and then, then like, that didn't make sense. But of course the real danger sense. is that he might give the COVID to, cause he's a mutant and they're covered in it. Cause they, they're immune to it. Mm -hmm. Then he might give it to uh AIDS girl. So, and that's what Demi Moore is like. You can't be here. You're going to give my my AIDS daughter COVID-23. And he's like, yeah, but I need to steal this bracelet. And she's like, okay, I assume it's for a girl. <laughs> I'm like, that, that's a that's a fucking 2020 line. Uh, that's that's like that is that is just weird. Like uh, Demi Moore could feel that he was straight. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Demi Moore knows and because it was for. And then she's like, all right, well, because it's for a girl, I'll help you. I don't think that's what the, the script intended, but that's how it came off. It's like that was a note. That was a note from Michael Bay. Right. To put that in there. Have Demi's sure more, have Demi check if he's gay. Yeah, yeah, make sure Demi knows that he's straight. Um, only straight men are immune. Like that's just Michael Bay's theory. No, I have no idea what Michael Bay's theories are. Anyways, um, speaking of immunity bracelets and, and and being immune, also at the end of the movie, Nico sends Lester an immunity bracelet in the mail. He's like, you've been making me send out all these packages. Now I'm sending you a package. So Lester opens it up. It's an immunity bracelet. And Lester's all happy. And I'm thinking to myself, Lester doesn't make you immune. You can still go out. I <laughs> know. That, that, that was weird, too. He, so like that, that, again, is like the world building. Like I, I didn't get a feel for how much it is like the government being scary and how much it is the virus is actually scary. Yeah. I, I, like, he, he can still die. The bracelet doesn't repel the virus. If the happy ending is, yeah, he like now you can go outside. And, and like, he's like, he's like, well, if the virus will kill him, isn't that is that he a happy ending? Him. And of course, then the other happy ending being uh Alexander Daddario watching streamed drone footage yeah. and going, oh, Whoa! and I'm like, after this yeah. needed a happier ending for these two characters. They needed, <laughs> they needed to actually meet. They should actually meet, or they get the fucking bracelets too, because you've established yeah. that the, the virus actually won't kill anybody who's young or whatever. But they didn't do that, so they had to have them. I mean, I, I realistically, they they couldn't get Alexander Daddario and Richard Jewell to a beach. They both had them. I don't think they ever ever were interacting with each other. Like I, they never spoke to each other. They were they were each reading their lines to producers. I'm guessing, <laughs> and not even like yeah, some like co-producer probably like someone pretty far down the line. I Michael Bay's yeah. assistant's assistant. Mm -hmm. Maybe Michael Bay read with Alexandra. I bet or, you because Michael Bay's assistant me. definitely has an assistant. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, and it, and and she's hot. She's really hot. Very hot. Like and it makes you know Michael Bay's. 
Baywatch looking fucking girlfriend, probably jealous too. Oh, so jealous. Well, speaking of jealous, uh, Sophia Carson, the, the, the actress that plays Sarah in this film, is definitely, you know, the the main character. But uh, oh man, I she's think Nico's the main hot. character. I thought, I thought, yeah, I guess, but I thought I kind of like Sophia's character. I thought a little bit more. I, I thought she was a nice to see somebody that was kind of doing the shit I'm doing right now, stuck inside all the time <laughs> with your grandma. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, with my, your Hispanic grandmother. Yeah, I love my Lita. Yeah, but uh. I, I, I kind of was like watching her and went, oh, man, you're so upstaged here by like Alexandra Dario and Demi Moore. Like they're so much more beautiful than you. I'm so sorry. So I've never seen but, this girl before. You have it written down that she's from Disney's Descendants. Yes. And now we've talked about Descendants with Justin and before that, I think briefly even. And uh, it's, a, it's a movie that Felk thinks uh, George Clooney starred in. And um, that's The Descendants. Yeah. D- Descendants is all about all the descendants of the evil Disney bad guys, villains, bad women, evil queens, and all that shit. And Evie, who <laughs> Sophia Carson plays in Descendants, okay. is the daughter of the evil queen from Snow White. Her, her name's Evie, short for evil? Yeah, Evie. <laughs> and uh, I, I've known of her forever, right, because of the Descendants, or sorry, Descendants, and my daughter loves that movie, or those movies. And um, how many are there? But th- there's like three in a short <clears throat> and there's like a cartoon and they all use the original voice cast and all that shit. Huh. We've talked about it because one of the guys, Cameron Bryce or something like that. Yeah, one of them died. died right? Yeah. Yeah. He died um, after making the third film. Um, so sad. So very sad. I don't remember his name. Disney's sure uh, Disney's body count for people under the age of, let's say, 25 who have a. Uh, they know too much. Died while employed <laughs> by Disney. Suicide. They know too much. Fucking um, shockingly high. But here's the thing: we might have to look out for Sophia Carson also ending up on that uh, on that you know tally of of potential deaths because this movie was very un-Disney and and she's a very I mean she's literally a, a part of the Descendants movies. Yeah. But she's also like goes to like and does like Disney like specials and stuff like that. Like, you know, how we decorate the park for Christmas. Yeah, it's almost like Disney has contracts that stipulate how you can live your life if you work for them. They do, and and how you can't actually pose nude while you work under the Disney contract or show a certain percentage of your skin. Well, I thought was interesting. Ask Anne Hathaway about that one. So yeah, uh Havoc. She kind of started breaking some rules with Havoc. And that was not too long after Princess Diaries, one or two, I think. No, it was before Princess Diaries, and Disney uh, bought the movie to shelve it. They did? Yeah. Well, they didn't shelve it, though. It got out. It got, got out three and a half years later. But uh, oh, okay. after two uh, after two Diary of those two yeah, Princess Diary movies. Interesting. So I thought I was kind of like, wow, Sophia, you picked a pretty gutsy movie. I mean, this movie... Uh, Songbird is is definitely political. Yeah. No matter which way you spin oh, well, it, it's yeah. a political film. Sophia said the title. Why is it called Songbird? <laughs> no fucking clue. I thought that would be like something you you know would explain in the movie, like when my mom, no. like the the girl, like like I thought Sarah would tell us. Yeah, I almost called her Evie. Sarah would tell a story like <laughs> you know like my Lita told me about song the Songbird and the Songbird. The Songbird. It <laughs> was a fucking delivery guy who who got you went on an adventure just like you. I, but there was never it was like I feel like that was the working title. And, 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 you know, like, Mr. Bay, we, we have all these five titles that we'd like to, you know, replace Songbird with. And he's like, nah, I like Songbird better. And like, what? we didn't film a scene where we give any reason why that would be the title of the movie. Shouldn't it be like quarantine or 
Con- <laughs> contagion. Uh, Q-zone. Con- yeah, contagion's taken. Uh, Q-zone or something like that. <laughs> or COVID-23, just name it that. That would be fucking terrifying. Uh, a good title, but no, Songbird for some reason. I'm looking up a, a, an article right now to see why they may have called it Songbird. Yeah. Oh, you have written down... Uh, Sarah, okay, I, while, you're, while you're doing that, I'll just say, if, if I'm in charge of this movie, I fire Sophia Carson and give her role to Alexandra Daddario. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I, I get Why that Why was too. Alexandra um, Daddario, like, the, the seventh character? Even though she her screen time isn't that much less than, than Sarah's stuff. Although, I guess... She, I figured she, it out! Here it is. The reason why the movie is called Songbird is it's about hope. It's about resilience. It's about the strength of the human spirit. That according to yeah. Goodman, whoever Goodman is. Who's Goodman? Is he the director? I don't remember. John Goodman? Yeah, John Goodman said it. I love it. John Goodman was interviewed. No, Adam Goodman, who was a producer. He's also a former president of Paramount Pictures. Wow, that's a drop. <laughs> yeah. He's now producing Songbird. Um yeah, it could have gone to her. I mean, they had her for, like, I mean, unless Alexandra Daddario was like, you've got me for three days. Yeah, all <laughs> of her scenes were in that one hotel room. Was it a hotel the, room? It looks like yeah, a, it was a hotel room or motel room. Does she live there, though? Yeah, I think, I th- yeah, because there are people who, who I, I don't know if that's still going on, but there was a good chunk of time of 2020 where people were trapped in their hotel rooms for months, like six months. Yeah, there's and like that's weird because I mean, I, there's there's motel rooms in this part of LA. Like, there's motels, like a lot yeah. of them, and and they're all full. I don't know who's lit, who's there. Sometimes they're full of cars motels, too, like not and not like obviously you know Aston Martins, but they're they're like you know yeah. like mid Audis, Camrys, and shit. People, people who probably, live, I, I don't know who, who has those, but yeah, I guess, but higher than. It, maybe it's people staying there because they they you know have an intergenerational family and and have to stay away from the elderly i don't know but i don't know why she was living in a motel room other than i assumed that they just rented a motel room and put alexander daddario in it with one cameraman and i'm I'm guessing an ari and and of course her cell phone or or laptop video and just did those scenes there because it's it's not like they could have six people in that room with her under covid rules there was definitely a cameraman it wasn't all webcam footage there was definitely like shot footage with her and of course she not only interacts with but i guess actually kisses bradley whitford so they must have had that was surprising actually to me i was surprised that they they had them like on top of each other kissing like i I didn't think they were going to go that far with it they they must have quarantined them together to shoot that dude felt that's that's sex scenes in covid man watching like people like oh my god they're gonna kiss (gasps) oh (laughs) he shoved his lips in her lips (laughs) you do you remember when parks and rec did their fucking live stream reunion special did you see it i did not watch it yeah it wasn't very good but like they like everybody had to be on different cameras so like like andy chris pratt's character was like in the garage even though he's quote unquote in the same house as april is his wife on the show and and uh adam uh whatever his name is um I don't remember the character, the actor's name, but like, like, uh, no, Adam Scott, Adam Scott. Yeah. wasn't with a uh, girl uh, because like they don't actually live together, but you have uh, Amy Poehler. Yeah. Yeah. Amy Poehler. I'm some blanking on names all of a sudden. <laughs> Did you watch this thing? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I can't remember these fucking people's names. because I, I try not to think about them anymore because they all fucking hate me except Chris Pratt. 
Rob can, Lowe doesn't hate you. I can remember Rob Lowe wasn't on the special. Um, he was not there. I don't really? think so. I don't. Maybe he was. I, it was very unmemorable. But my point is, is that like, uh, even, like they couldn't have people who you know aren't actually in the same houses together uh, to, to, as you could. But like, uh, like Ron Swanson's actually married to like the, the character who plays his ex-wife in, in real life. The girl from awesome. Uh, I love that. Uh, Will and Grace. So like, so they could have them in the same room because they're actually quarantined together to do this. They must have quarantined Bradley Whitford and Demi Moore for 14 days together. And Alexandra Daddario. I guess. Yeah. In order to to have, because those those are the ones that interact. Daddario never Mm -hmm. interacts with Richard Jewell or, or the main characters. Nico obviously interacts with Demi Moore and uh, Sarah. Mm-hmm. the descendants girl. So like, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like there was definitely like limiting in terms of, of that. And, and you could tell like, like Nico never has a scene with Craig Robinson. They didn't film that stuff together. They just spliced it together nope. after the fact. So even, even um, Sophia Carson's character, when, uh, Sarah, when she's with her grandmother, Lita, uh, they're, they're on top of each other a few times, but a lot of the scenes, they're like across the room. So maybe, maybe, they just kept it on the down low, that scene with Daddario and Bradley Whitford, where she straddles him and fucking actually he like that came out of nowhere, too, or like it wasn't established at all that he's just like losing it and has been pushing her further and further each time. So it's really scary that he just rips her fucking face mask off and her fake wig, which I mean, again, that made me think she was a prostitute because who would just do that for a guy you're just fucking? He pulls yeah. her wig off and then kisses her and she's like all like, oh God, she's freaking out. Like her eyes are turned to the side. Like, why is he kissing me? I'm going to get COVID. But she doesn't and he doesn't have COVID. So that doesn't come, that, that doesn't add up to anything outside of he was pushing her mm-hmm. limits, and that was why she was getting getting uh, sick sick of him. Maybe they, the only way they could have filmed that scene is by doing it on the download, because that would be skirting the COVID regulation rules that I think that you have to adhere to, which you can't have people within six feet of each other unless they've already been quarantined together. Maybe Tom Cruise popped into that fucking hotel room and was like, oh what the God. fuck are you two doing? Michael, <laughs> Michael, come here. He's like, Michael's not here. Michael's 30 miles away in Malibu. And, and like, yeah. Get him on the phone. He's, like, he's directing everything on my phone. And he's Tom Cruise is telling him, like, we are the gold standard. <laughs> he's so upset. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> yeah. I um he didn't say that. Yeah, part. I was kind of shocked. I was shocked that they did that. That there was actually kissing. I thought we were gonna get I, the whole setup to that scene. I, I was like, okay, so this is how they're doing a sex scene in COVID. That we're gonna have her walk towards you know Bradley Whitford's character, and then she's masked up and face shielded. So I was like, okay, so they're not even hiding that it's like they're filming this in COVID. I, I thought that's well, how they're doing. Yeah, it. no, they're, they're I mean they're making a point of it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And then, but then tearing it off was was pretty big for the narrative because you're like, wow, holy shit! I think they came up with the visual first because that it is a great shot in the trailer where you see Daddario come out in the fucking. She's like wearing like a slutty nurse outfit and she's got like the face mask and gloves on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been to a strip club during COVID in Vegas. The girls were wearing masks and some had to wear face shields if they were ser- if, like they were serving. So you have a girl in a face shield and a mask on, but in her bra and fucking thong. And it's just surreal to see. And that image like in the movie is like surreal, but they didn't use it right because she's not a prostitute or a stripper. She's just fucking someone she b- was fucking like a sugar daddy who kept like saying, like, I'll get your record contract. I'll get your record contract. And now there's COVID. So there's a record contract. So she. 
she's still putting out. And then he rips the thing off and it was like that needed to be set up too. the rips, the face mask off and like kisses her. Cause that, that, that did make me win. Right. So I'm like, oh, they're going to get COVID. Like I, like, like the real world crept into this movie. That's about the real world right now. This is yeah. three years in the future. It, it, that scene kind of freaked me out. Had it been directed well and written well, it could have been really fucking terrifying. Instead, it was just like, oh, I guess Bradley Whitford got to kiss Alexander Daddario during In COVID. COVID. During COVID, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. I was like, good for him. You know, he got to do some scenes with uh, Demi Moore. And that's where the re- uh, the fantasy took over for me. Because I'm like, so he got to fuck Demi Moore. And then he got to fuck Alexander Daddario. And I'm like, he never had a fuck well, you said Moore. No, no, you said we, we'd get to it. Demi Moore does not look particularly good anymore. Oh, let's, I think she looks let's gorgeous. Google. Let's Google. She's gorgeous. Um, before we kind of actually wrap this up and go into uh, uh, your fuck me for this uh, movie. 58. She's 58. She's beautiful, 58. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's a there's a really horrible kind of cringy moment when the uh, two leads, uh, Nico and Sarah, are uh, watching a movie together, streaming it. And they're talking about wa- going to theaters. And then he mentions about the man's Chinese theater. And then she goes, ah, oh, that was my favorite one. That's why I still, goes, that's, a, that's a good line. That, that's when I still thought the movie was going to be pretty good. <laughs> then Nico goes and says something like, I went there every Friday for the matinees. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> wait a second. I've been to the man's Chinese theater. No fucking matinees. No one's favorite one because it is like a, a tourist attraction more than anything. It's not a place to go to actually watch a movie. It's a great place to see uh, predators. The at, predators or predators. No, just yeah. predators at midnight. Predators. I wish it was called the predators. Um, but uh, also on top of that, Nico went there every Friday for matinees. It's like, dude, you're paralegal and you're going to the fucking like corner of Hollywood every single Friday to watch a matinee, right? Like, that's the worst timing to go to fucking that area. It's full of Spider Man and fucking like you know Pirates of the Caribbean and Darth Vader's dirty like rainwater drenched SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that was when there was no COVID. It's like that's ew. That's how you spent every one of your fucking Fridays. It felt fake. It felt like they were just trying to pull like a theater line because they knew this movie was not going to be coming out in theaters. Like they kind of just were sentient enough to know that. But then to go and pull the man's Chinese, like you didn't need to go get specific. It's not a good theater. <laughs> it's really not. And it's not a good place to go. And if you're spending every single Friday before 4 p.m. in that section of Hollywood across the street from where Jimmy Kimmel live is recorded. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Bay does that though. Bay, Bay does like he, he's, he's, he has the, he's done this before with like movies set in LA, like Americana. The, the idea. Yeah. Like the idea, like, yeah. Someone in Wisconsin has heard of the, the man's Chinese theater, which isn't even called yeah. that anymore. Like, oh, it's Gromit Grauman or some shit. In reality, right? Nico should be talking about, uh, I mean, I, I guess the arc light would be, if you're actually talking about a good theater, yeah, but oh, but yeah. nobody's heard of ArcLight in fucking Florida, so you got to say the tourist attraction. It's kind of like how uh, that Miami sign in the beginning of uh, Bad Boys isn't actually a real sign, <laughs> like he made it for the movie, because like the real signs for Miami look like shit. Or how when he showed uh, the Johnson Space Center in Armageddon, he showed the front of the visitor center, like the theme park attraction part, right, and, and made it pretended that that was like the actual NASA office building because the actual NASA office building is just a boring white building. He he does that. Like whenever he's doing like his like any kind of uh, tourist attraction, he makes mm-hmm. it seem like it's an actual thing. 
Like it's like, yeah. like, like it's like it's something that people actually in the city go to. But in people who live in L.A. don't give a shit about. I've been there once. I saw Predators there. I, like we, we don't go there. We go to Every, we go to fucking AMC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What was the. And by the way, when I went to a man's theater, I went to Man Plant in Van Nuys because nothing screamed straight theater like Man Plant. <laughs> the Man Plant, baby. I've never been there. It's like, uh, I think it was like 16 theaters. It was in Van Nuys. It's gone now. Um, but uh, yeah, the Man Plant. Well, they're all going to um, be gone soon. Well, uh, speaking of uh, movies in theaters and stuff like that, uh, Alexandra Daddario, I think, crushed it this uh, last year. Um, she she's been the star of twenty fucking twenty. She's had so many yes. movies, none have come out in the theaters. So Jim Carrey had it great, right? From nineteen ninety four through nineteen ninety five, he had five huge blockbusters. It was Ace Ventura, it was uh, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura two, Batman Forever. Five blockbusters. Daddario came out with six blockbusters yeah. in twenty twenty. <laughs> she lost transmissions in March. We summoned the darkness in April. Superman, Man of Tomorrow, animated in August. Lost Girls in Love Hotels in September. One Night in San Diego in November. Songbird in December. <laughs> crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. And you want to hear these scores on Rotten Tomatoes? Lost Transmissions, 54%. Nice. This is critics? Uh, yeah, audience score, 50%. Even better. We Summoned the Darkness. Dorn thought it was okay. Rock Never even heard of it. <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't love it. No, he didn't. Want, and I wanted to. I, I think that make it seem like Dorn loved it. He he, he said it was like all right, but sixty nine percent audience score, thirty four percent. Superman, Man of Tomorrow, animated DC movie, audience score sixty seven percent. Rotten Tomatoes critic score one hundred percent. Wait, what? Superman, Man of Tomorrow is one hundred percent. Critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, she plays Lois Lane. Probably has like six uh, reviews, but animated or thirteen, I think. Um, Lost Girls in Love Hotels, forty-eight percent Rotten Tomato score, forty-two percent audience score. One Night in San Diego, not available Rotten Tomato, but the audience liked it at fifty percent. And Songbird, Rotten Tomato score, twelve percent audience score, twenty-eight percent. So crushing it, she's just completely destroying twenty twenty with blockbusters, six of them. Hmm. Even though some of those were technically 2019 films, they all were released uh, to be viewed to the public in 2020. Well, she's working. So, I mean, who is your fuck me, Felk? I think we all know, obviously, but I provided options. I provided the options. Go ahead and check them out. Well, no, if, so if we, you're putting fucking Demi Moore from Striptease up against the Dario, I'm going with Demi Moore. Every day. Uh, if, if you're putting, but if you're getting putting. Uh, who's this other girl? Is that Sarah? That's Sophia Carson. That's <laughs> Sarah, yeah. She looks a lot better there than she does in the movie. She didn't really impress me visually in the movie. I mean, she didn't seem that hot. That was kind of the point, I think, about like the movie a little bit, too, that none of the characters were supposed to be too attractive. Like Even the way Alexandra Daddario's character was attractive. Yeah, they don't light her like other Daddario lighting set setups where they just her eyes look like they fucking glow. They didn't glow. She did no, sing. What did you, you think about Daddario singing? I couldn't tell if that was her singing or if that was like like they were like looping someone else over her. I think that was her. She sings uh, on YouTube, doesn't she? Isn't that her thing? Does she? I, I, I thought know. she. I thought she. She's like because she played a guitar and it looked like it was really her playing. Nice. Also, when well, she's escaping Bradley Whitford, she brings the guitar with her for some reason. Like this is a vital thing I need to bring with me to when I go over to Richard Jewell's house. 
So speaking of uh, of, of guitar, actually, and Dario, uh, when she started singing, I had a fl- uh, Last of Us moment again, where I thought it was Ellie singing "Aha, Take on Me." That's a beautiful scene. That was, and like I was kind of like, this is nowhere near it. <laughs> this is nowhere near as amazing as Last of Us Part Two's Ellie moment. No, I I love that scene where Ellie plays "Take on Me." Um, well, let's look at their gifs from the their best moments. So the Sophia Carson one, I don't know what the fuck this is from. Some music video, maybe I don't know. And then she Demi Moore from Striptease. Said, Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, it's from Brie Larson's song. And then Alexandra, of course, is from her greatest scene of all time, the one Barack Obama said he watched a thousand times. It is uh, True Detective, where you get to see her. Barack Obama, such a tits. pervert. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see her tits. You get to see her ass, and you get to see her biscuit with that clit. Look, look at how tall that hoodie is on <clears> that. She's got. A, she's got a. She has a large clitoris. It clitoral nice hood. Though. It's actually it looks good. not the clitoris. It's the clitoral hood. You're it's the hood. Yeah. I, honestly, it looks amazing. I know and, my vaginas. Uh, and it's uh, it's 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 a beautiful width and length. I shove it in my mouth. <laughs> right. Shove it right up your ass. <laughs> shove it right up my ass. So my fuck me from this is obviously to Dario. How about you? Uh, again, am I am I am I comparing her to this is 1995 Demi Moore from Striptease? Yeah, yeah. Or am I not? comparing her to Demi Moore in the movie? Because Demi Moore is 58 years old now. I'd still do Demi no matter which way. Was she Striptease or or today? You just said you pick Alexander Daddario over Demi any which way. You give me Demi and GI Jane, I'm still going Daddario. Well, she's obviously hottest in striptease. No, I'm, I'm, if I'm picking, again, you no, haven't answered my no. question. Am I picking striptease Demi Moore or, or the movie yeah. Demi Moore? Yeah, pick striptease Demi Moore. The Demi Moore. Then uh, absolutely really? Demi Moore. Yeah, no, better than Daddario? Yes. Okay. Daddario no, has a girl clear. next door look, but Demi Moore has, I've, I've worked. Look at the abs. Look at the definition yeah, of those fucking abs. Look at the definition of Daddario's abs. Kind of pudgy. I mean, don't, don't be wrong. She's still perfect no, in her own way. you're looking way. at something that's from 2014. She's way more thin and toned up now, Daddario. I, I'm judging the GIFs. You have the, to judge the GIFs. The GIFs are well, well provided. I honestly Demi think Moore's Demi Moore's ass is fucking perfect. It is so fucking, you could, you could just bite into it. Yeah, it is. Not not Demi violently, great but just like a but little Demi is, I think Demi's better in G.I. Jane, honestly. I don't mean shaved head. When she's you have a shaved head fetish. You won't shut up about Charlie Theron no. and fucking <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. She's so hot. It's fine. No, There's a lot of, it's, I mean. It's not the shaved head. It's the it's the scene in the bathtub. It's so hot where she's got her long hair. It's all wet. And oh, she's I don't remember like, G.I. Jane that much. Out. Oh, great movie. Super authentic. Yeah, it's very realistic. This is a very realistic movie. All right, so your fuck me's to me. They both played My strippers, right? Dario's played strippers and other things, I assume. No, I don't think so. I, th- I think she's just played kind of like sluts. Uh, yeah, erotic characters. Okay. So the whole reason we did this episode in the end uh, is uh, because um, it's about to happen. Michael Bay, <laughs> Michael Bay, yeah, knows something. So why the reason we're doing this? Well, it's because the Michael whole reason Bay, I wanted to do this was was because of this. Michael Bay knows something. Yeah. He, he he knows something. Now there's precedent, right, for why he knows something. And let's go over a little bit of that. So JFK assassination. We now know that it was something to do with essentially being assassinated by other ulterior motives by other forces within the government. And there's not much more. We can obviously get into that without getting into some serious trouble, but Michael Bay knew that too. So he put it in the rock with the whole line of, Hey babe, do you want to know who killed JFK? Yeah. There's also another line in there, <clears throat> which is, uh, 
I forget the name of that actor, but it's you know the 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 corp the the government guy says it, it, mentioning what's in that footage says the alien landing at Roswell for no reason. The yep. Rock has a detail that aliens are real, <laughs> and yeah. uh, right now we're the closest we're ever going to be to finding out about aliens because there's no way Biden's going to let us know. Oh, I, no, I really no. hope on January nineteenth. Trump, yeah, me too. Trump just goes, oh, and by the way, there's aliens, and I've met the aliens. Some of the aliens are really nice. Some of the aliens are not so nice, and we have to keep them in their own facility. But there's totally yep. aliens, and they're going to say I'm lying. And I met the aliens. And, and, and then fucking Don Lemon's going to be like, Trump insanely <laughs> says that there's aliens that he met. And then it's like, <laughs> no. no, he's the president. He would know. This is how Don Lemon talks. So... All you are just gonna go ahead and blindly believe Trump when he says that aliens exist and he talked to him. Girl. And you bye. know, <laughs> you're a fool. You're an idiot for thinking that. And I'm not gonna buy into it. I'm not gonna buy into that stuff. It's foolish. It's just disgusting that we all do this today, that we all pay attention to the man like this. You watch a lot of Don Lemon. Baby. Oh my God, I hate Don Lemon. I did you, did, you, did you see the girl buy thing? He said that to no. Kaylee. He's like, Kaylee's just like, here's all the times you guys lied. Here's proof. Here's your headline saying like Hunter Biden is just Russian propaganda. Here's your headline yeah. saying Hunter Biden's definitely committed a lot of crimes and is currently under investigation. Here's you lying again and again and again. And, and then it cuts to, you know, Don Lemon. He's just like, girl, bye. <laughs> I am so <laughs> glad you're gone. How dare you criticize what we decide to report on? We're the journalists. You used to be on TV, and now you're too good for it? You think you're better than us? Girl, bye. <laughs> you just said it like Girl, three bye. times. Oh, my God. I was like, I oh, what, the f what the fuck is CNN anymore? And what is it in fucking after January? Like, what, what, what are you guys even going to do? <laughs> just, Dude, they're propaganda wing. They're now. still going to talk about how bad Trump was, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, they can't get over it. Oh, no, they won't be able to move on. There's no way. No, yeah. they won't be able to move on until he's been prosecuted. Uh, that, you know, like, that's the way they look at it. But, okay, so Roswell, good point. So also randomly at the end of Transformers, the first one, 2007, he has the parents randomly talk about how the government would never lie to us about yeah. aliens. And they're obviously being coy because they just dealt with the entire movie of Transformers. So they know obviously aliens exist. And so they're like, why would the government lie to us? They never lie to us about aliens. <laughs> that yeah. would never happen. On top of that, Armageddon is essentially hinting to apophysis, which is that giant asteroid that might hit us in 2036. We still don't know that until like 2028 or something like that. So, I mean, we have time, but I mean, it's like, what it's like, and, and even in Armageddon, they're like, you know, they're like, you know, it's not, it's not going to destroy us. It's not like, it's not earth ending. Right. Like it's the whole idea is that it's going to wipe out a good chunk of earth. It's not going to destroy everything. Oh no, that's deep impact. I'm, I'm swapping them. Aren't I? Uh, Deep Impact has the cover-up. There's a brief cover-up in Armageddon, though. Like, cause no, they, but they Deep keep... Impact is the one where they say it's not going to destroy the world. It's just going to hurt the world for, in a certain section. Well, Armageddon's like, it's going to destroy the world. Yeah, but that's not public. I guess it becomes public knowledge eventually when it's, it's close enough that regular telescopes can see it. Yeah, because they name it Gertie because the guy that finds it. Yeah, it after his they, but they keep it secret f with that for a while. And the guy's like, don't worry, mm -hmm. I was Navy. I'll keep a secret. Like, yep, you know, the right. world's going to end. You're going to keep that secret. He didn't care. He wanted to name it after his wife. Oh, and he yells at the, the wife, too. Like, give me that goddamn phone. Get that number yeah. or whatever. It's like, give the, me the phone. The give me the phone. Give me the phone. Yeah, well, get that number. What did he yell? Yeah. Michael Bay does that, not yeah. have a high opinion of women, and I love it about him. <laughs> it's it's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty fucked up. Um, so anyway, so, so Benghazi. 
right? He shows us the true story okay. in the movie. Let's get to that. Right? I I, uh, I hadn't seen that, and I knew that you were going to discuss it when we when we talked about Songbird. So I, of course, one is the only Michael Bay film I haven't seen. I mean. Did you watch it? I watched it. I, I rented it uh, on Amazon, paid my $3 or $4, What'd you think? got it in 4K UHD. Uh, and then, you know, two days later, I I, rent, I I spent even more money and rented Songbird. Uh, 13 Hours <laughs> is a much, much, much better movie than Songbird. Uh, yeah. Could easily have talked about that instead, but of course, it's not relevant to uh, what's happening now. Uh, even no. the movie doesn't really... It never even name drops Hillary Clinton, so it's it, it, it's on the ground. It doesn't. They hint uh, at Hillary, though. They clearly hint at Hillary. There's a yeah. point where they talk about people in the White House or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Gail Gail Bedecker from uh, Breaking Bad is is just the the Hillary Clinton stand-in, and you see him like he talks to the military, and the military's like, "Yeah, we're not allowed to help. Can't say that. Not going to say the name of the person who's Secretary of State right now. He's like saying we can't help, but you know." Mm-hmm. We're, we're not sending our planes to help you. I don't feel like 13 hours is that because that's I, I, I was confused. That's actually not the military. Those are private contractors, former military, private, not now uh, private security defense guys. I thought they were military. And and while they were on leave, they were hired as or retired because because uh, uh, not jo- retired, reserved, maybe reserved. Yeah, because because Rosinski was like a. Uh, realty or like a, a realtor or something but he did 12 tours in mm-hmm. afghanistan in, in war zones so the, but the, yeah my, my the point is that michael bay has uh, of mainstream directors the closest connection with pretty much all branches of the military and private sector defense yeah. as well he he, is, he has worked with every single one of them and yet he keeps telling us that there's aliens that the JFK assassination was not as it went in the record. Uh, maybe there's asteroids coming to uh, kill us. And of course, and now the, there's a uh, Q zones going to be Q zones and <laughs> it, it's insane government lockdowns that last uh, forever and increasingly get worse and worse. Cause this movie's not an alternative reality. It's, it's taking place. I mean, whatever they could adapt to in like August when they were shooting it, they they Mm -hmm. were they were making it as like this never ends. This continues. And there's mutations that go and get worse and worse. And the lockdowns get worse and worse. And and, uh, because, you know, the movie kind of makes it seem like the lockdown happened as severe as it is as the in the movie. Yeah. But like in reality, like you could never not go to fucking Big Sur. You just drive to the beach. I did it during lockdown. No, nobody, nobody fucking. There's nobody out there because the the not uh, yet the the stuff was rubbed off. Yeah, but maybe yeah, maybe it's just saying that it'll get it'll it'll get worse and worse. Which is like, if that's definitely going to happen, Bay doesn't know it. But if there's like a fifty percent chance that that's in the works and that like the mil the the top guys in the military. Who Michael Bay's probably on the phone with every night, being like, "Hey Bob, <laughs> how's, yep. how's war?" And like, he sleeps on that oh, every night. Oh, Michael, you know, night. Michael, we 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 have these plans. There's like a 33 percent chance we're gonna have to put people in Q zones. He knows. And, and, he knows. Just whatever you do, don't 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 put it in a movie like you did with Armageddon and the Rock and Transformers and 13 Hours. And he's like, <laughs> "Stop doing this that. time. I won't do it." And then he gets yep. on the phone. It's like. All right, we got to produce a movie. <laughs> We're doing this movie, <laughs> Greenlight. Yeah, I it's it, it is interesting, but like if you went back to The Rock in 1996, 
Uh, and and you were like you know watching that and you saw the ending with Nick Cage being like you know I think I know who killed JFK and then uh, Roswell landing mentioned you'd be like oh yeah that's funny that's funny but like today we look at that and we go oh shit <laughs> well that's that, that's a little bit uh, foretelling of our well, of our of our day doesn't he has things like this like doesn't the uh, president of the Rock <laughs> play the president in Armageddon too. Isn't it the same actor? Yeah. So it's, yep. yeah, that's that's the connection between those two, and then Transformers has kind it's of President life. Bush and and kind of Obama. And, no, they say Obama. They never say Bush. They do an impersonation. Oh yeah, you're right. They do say Obama at one point. They say that's o- right. they say Obama is the president and show Obama in Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen, and then later. Off screen, they they are the military guys are just saying we got orders from the president to fucking kill Optimus Prime and get rid of all the Transformers and kick them off the planet. It's like you just said Obama's the president, like or, or we also got orders from the president to uh, give Sam Wick- Wiki to Megatron because <laughs> he's asking for him, and, and and the president says give him the kid, find the kid and give it to him, and it's like well you just said Obama's the president, so Obama's on the side of the Decepticons. Yeah, I think it, that lines up for Bay. I don't think of Bay as a Democrat. I don't think of Bay as an Obama fan. or as, as, At as, all. I mean, to single out to make a Benghazi movie, that must have been a hard sell because that was a studio movie. I mean, that, that movie so was think awesome. about that for a second. So is John Krasinski kind of right-leaning then, potentially? <laughs> there's, th- there's a lot of people who think he is because of A Quiet Place had like four things that piss off liberals in it. So is Emily Blunt right-leaning as well? Well, she's British, so right and left have a little bit different uh, connotation there. She might be she might have a Tory thing going uh, going on because uh, a lot of her movie choices have kind of a to- uh, have a Tory feel to it. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, that that one in particular. Yeah, that movie has kind of a, a objectivist viewpoint of like improving yourself and learning with each failure and that kind of. And shit. it's also a a, a movie that's a, has a militaristic uh, government. Where the military is taking over, yeah. essentially. Hold on, let me grab a Diet Coke. I'm really parched. Sure. I'm afraid my voice yelling at Tom Cruise. Tom does it every night. Beverage. All right. Uh, so what have we missed then, Felk? What are other Bay breadcrumbs, like the ones we described, that are in other you know films of his? There's The Island, Bad Boys, Pearl Harbor, Pain and Gain. Well, let's just rule out two of them. I actually, just, I, I actually just watched The Island, like, a month ago. Ooh, nice. Cause that's the I, think one I, I paid want to, talk to rent about. it. <laughs> so Pearl Harbor is just a, a true story. So there's nothing there really, right? He's just trying to maybe warn us about war with Japanese people again. It's inspired Pain by a true Gain. story. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, yeah, inspired by Pain and Gain is the is the movie he keeps reminding us is a true story. Like four or five times throughout the movie, he stops the movie to tell you it's a true story. I liked Pain and Gain. I don't care. I liked say. it too. Three out of five um, boys. Ah, uh, two point five out of five boys. It's a little too manic for me. It's weird. Um, like the Island and Pain and Gain are two movies that Michael Bay should not have directed. Like they're okay, they're well, good movies, but his style doesn't work with them. And weirdly, Thirteen Hours, he just uses Ridley Scott style and directs it like it's fucking Black Hawk Down. He doesn't yeah, he do does. the well, typical Michael Bay shit in that movie. That's a serious movie for him. I honestly think Thirteen Hours was like Michael Bay, like like Opus. Like he's just like this is my Magnus Opus baby. Like I got to make this look good. This is like this is what I'm going to be judged on. But he does like a done. lot of handheld. It's it, it looks very digital compared to his other films. Um, it just it, it felt like he was going for. Outside of the digital stuff, like, yeah, Black Hawk Down's visual style. It even yeah. has the same editor. 
Uh, or Saving Private Ryan. I mean, those are all movies that have, uh, that pulled out the concept of their cinematography from documentary style. Yeah, but but Saving Private Ryan uses like that sixty millimeter grain, tie, like it make it look like on the ground war footage. This yep. this this is you know I think Benghazi was twenty twelve. They so. just yeah they just aged up the, the 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 medium right. It still has the same. It has the Michael Bay color palette. There is definitely yeah. a Michael Bay color palette, and it harsh trans- contrast. It, it goes like across all Platinum Dune movies. Yep. Including Songbird, at least the stuff that was shot with actual cinema cameras. Harsh contrast, a little desaturated, but you definitely have those super golden, like, you know, sunset Golden shots. skin tones and, and yep. green, like everything else. His, his yeah, and, and deep blue, deep, deep blue nights. Yeah, he doesn't do the orange and teal that everybody else does. Orange and teal is yeah. not his thing. No, it's definitely not his thing. Um, so Bad Boys, I think, may have been warning us about uh, the BLM movement. White supremacists start the first, the, the, no, the second movie starts with yeah, them. Yeah, uh, in the second movie. Yeah. Yep. And um, maybe the whole idea that, like, you know, maybe we need some uh, some black boys in there in blue, to, you know, to kind of even out the, the bad apples that are ruining the bunch. But the island, holy shit, I'm a little scared now, actually, because the island could be the next thing that's real and Dude, yeah, yeah. if you if you found out that there's fucking clones of people in china alex in, jones in, alex jones believes the island is essentially already real in china i assume and well i think everywhere in the world i think alex jones believes the island is already in existence the island is not a good movie uh it is it is definitely an i it's like a high concept movie so it's weird that it comes that bay did it is that it's it's no bruckheimer right it's his first non bruckheimer no film, spielberg it? produced it yeah, I think it's his first non-Bruckenheimer it's, film. And it's Kurtzman and Orchie, I think, wrote it, right? I, I, I don't recall. I believe they, they wrote it. Uh, and it has their, like, we have an idea, like, kind of aesthetic. Like, the, yeah. you know, it's like, what if, man? And it's like, and then they put it in the Sit fucking... Sit down and get ready and buckle up for this pitch. We got a crazy <laughs> fucking movie that has a crazy fucking twist. Is Stormare in Island? What? Is Stormare in the Island? No, Bushimi and Jaiman Hansu. Yeah, but I, I was trying to think. Stormare f- feels like he'd be fitted for that movie. I don't think he's in that movie. Huh. Well, that's scary. I'm a little worried now about the ideas of the cloning and what we could be doing. To don't worry about it. Not only, them. I mean, you're, you, you still love Disney and still want to go with Disney products. If yeah, Disney maybe. owned, like, if, if there's a fucking clone farm in China, Disney owns a percentage of it. And, it, <laughs> and it's, like, build under, the, like, their fucking assets is, like, research facility or something like yep r and d but really it's just got like a clone of michael eisner or uh probably they definitely have clones of kevin faggy or disney i bet they tell kathleen kennedy that she has a clone (laughs) but they don't really they didn't really bother it's like a south park version too they're like uh-huh of course and and kathleen kennedy needs like a new fucking lung or something and and they're just like we'll just get it from some Poor Uyghur. <laughs> we didn't. We, oh. didn't, we didn't bother cl- cloning her. Do you think they give her constant like vagina transplants because she's just getting constant BBC pounded all the fucking time? Yeah, it's it's a uh, like a nymphomaniac. <laughs> she just like drives <laughs> from her Disney from the Disney Studios in Burbank to That's like it. the the That's bad it. part of fucking probably south central really i didn't want to say it but south central yeah. <laughs> it just goes into a motel room there's like six black dudes one of them smoking crack and they just fucking take turns on her and mm-hmm. then, and, and 
they're like, Last Jedi fucking suck, you fucking whore, you fucking whore. Like, <laughs> yeah, she loves it. She too. loves it. She loves it. She loves yeah. it. She fucking pissed She's off like, so oh, many people. I have too much money. I can't feel anything. So just pound me until I bleed. Then I can finally feel something, maybe. And they're like, Yeah, all right. Keep pounding this bitch. <laughs> they call their friends up. There's people coming in from the tri-state area from Nevada and Arizona to come bang this this random hooded woman in a, in a motel. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't either. I just I I, I know that she asked a She's bunch of directors hooded. what they would do with Star Wars since there was no plan. And Ryan Johnson's like, well, everybody's expecting a bunch of things to happen. And what if I just did like nothing for all the answers? And yeah. she was like, that will upset them the Perfect. most. And that will make them hate me the most. And I'll get the most gangbangs and be treated the worst. I, I, like, you see Ryan in the making of, Ryan Johnson in the making of. He's just like this, he's like a kid who probably was in like chess club. You know, he seems like he was like a nerdy little kid. He's like, oh, I'm scribbling in my notebook, ideas for Star Wars. Disappoint everyone. That would be what I do. He, he just, he has like, you know, he seems like a good little boy. He has no idea that he, he was just part of Kathleen Kennedy's elaborate gangbang BBC fetish. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's the only it. explanation for how that movie got fucking made, man. Ruin Johnson. The Island By is, the way, the island Knives is just, Out. I love Knives Out. Knives Out was fine. But, again, it was just like, what if I disappoint you? And then <laughs> this time is like, all right, well, disappointing people and then disappointing them again and then a third time didn't work. What if I disappoint people then give them the the murder mystery that i pretended i wasn't giving them in the first place right uh spoilers okay, me, knives out uh, well, if you, yeah if you figure out the puzzle it's not a michael bay movie we should <laughs> no but knives out for me okay this is not a spoiler it's just a character trait when anna de Armas's character just pukes because she lies i'm like give me a fucking yeah that's fucking break. movie shit i can't i could not once get behind that as a reality. No. I still love the movie, but I could not get behind the reality this woman was puking because she was lying. It was like the Indian fucking guy from Big Bang Theory who was like, I can't talk to girls. And it's like, all right. so Unless some, he's drunk. Some, 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 yeah, so some fucking staff writer thought that that was a brilliant addition, and then they realized it didn't work like a season in and, and dropped it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, did they really? Yeah, they did. I think. I, I, I think I watched every episode of that show. I, I don't really remember it, but it, just, it felt like something like from that. Let's go back to uh, the Bay, or maybe just wrap up, or maybe read uh, Wiki Networth's <laughs> page for Michael Bay. Yeah, let's read Wiki Networth's page for Michael Bay, and then we can call it quits. I think we're done. Well, again, it would have been helpful if this movie conveyed how much is uh, the government taking control and how much is actually the virus, because what uh, like actually being deadly and were like necessary for this uh this kind of lockdown to, be, to take place because without that info i don't really know what michael bay is warning us of outside of maybe yeah. he it feels like there's 25 minutes of this movie that's that somebody told michael bay okay you can't put that in and then he's like well then the movie doesn't make sense so he's like well yeah but then the fucking disney kill squads will, will come come get you michael so like <laughs> sorry i know you know private security guys but they don't the people you're fucking with can drone you from a fucking mile away. Obama did it like like 30 All different American citizens in foreign <laughs> countries who were his political opponents. So it's like, don't, this is something we can't protect you from. So uh, don't put that in the movie or maybe have the virus actually kill someone in the movie. So like, you know, I just feel like, 
there was stuff that Michael wanted to warn us about, and he did all he could. <laughs> he's been he doing did. he's been doing all he could for so fucking long. Yeah, you just got to read between the lines, and when he gives you a little breadcrumb, you just got to pick it up, nibble on it. Now we have aliens and UFOs, and uh, we're part of the Galactic Federation. Is it EA or AI or AE? For what? Michael. A A E L. Oh. Are you typing Michael Bay Wiki Net Worth right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm on the, on the right Wiki Net Worth. Is it just wikinetwork.com? I can't remember. There's no article for Michael Bay. Well, that, that makes sense. There wasn't one for Chris Evans or whatever the fuck it was. I think we should maybe wrap it up rather than continue to look. No, this is the fucking... This is, this is, there's no fucking podcast. There's only the next mission. And the next mission right now is Michael Bay. Well, he's oh, worth here it is. 450 million. I found it. Well, I found I, I found I found Wiki Informer, which is what I think Wiki, but it still says Wiki Net Worth. So, all right, you want that your, does <clears throat> Yeah, you ready? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're live the tape. <laughs> yeah. Michael Bay biography, Wiki, <laughs> net worth, age, family, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hold on, let me. Nice. Let me. You need to just listing those things. I just want you to be aware of what I'm actually reading here. Hold on. <laughs> Michael Bay biography wiki, comma net worth. Scroll down and find everything about the Michael Bay you need to know. Yes. Latest relationship updates, family, and how qualified he is. <gasps> Michael Bay's estimated net worth, age, biography, career, social media accounts, i.e. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, family, wiki. Also wow. learn details, info regarding the current net worth of Michael Bay, as well as Michael Bay's earnings, worth, salary, property, and income. <laughs> I love it. It's like all the tags up front. <laughs> Michael, Michael Bay, Bay better wait hold on is, uh, okay well alright hold on because this might be fucking wrong but we're just going to keep reading it Michael Bay better known by the family name Michael Benjamin Bay is a popular yes, actor he is he was born he on February 17th 1965 is in California is a beautiful what, is and populous located in California US he's He's so well known as Michael Benjamin Bay. <laughs> That's so I don't weird. think this is the right person. But it also, is be. there a Michael Benjamin Bay? Uh, no, this is Michael Bay. I'm sure of it. This has got to be the real Michael Bay. Michael Benjamin Bay started his career as actor in 1986 when Michael Benjamin Bay was just 21 years old. That, that might be right. right. Uh, soon... He became more successful in his profession with a limited period of time where he influenced people on the basis of his career and learned a lot of fame. Right, this can't be fucking... It is. This is him. That's He started off as an actor. He really did. Wait a minute. This is Mike, this is the, this is the real Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah moving scroll, scrolling down, it does have... No, this is Michael Bay. I, I was, I was yeah. throwing off. Okay, so this actually... I am yeah. the right person. He started off as an actor and he didn't really like it, so he started doing like because he wasn't crushing enough pussy. So then he switched it up to becoming a director and a producer. Is he active in his? Wait, I don't, I don't remember where I was. Is he active in his profession of, of actor, or he leave his profession? Yes, <laughs> he leave. He is still active in his profession, and he, he has been working as actor from the last thirty-four <laughs> years, as he stated his career in nineteen eighty-six. 
Michael wow. Bay, early life story, family background, and education. Michael Bay was born in Los Angeles. Okay, that's right. I know that. He was raised yep. by adoptive parents, Harriet, a bookstore owner slash child psychiatrist, and Jim, a certified public accountant. Jay was raised Jewish. His grandfather was from what? Russia. His cousin, Susan Bay, is the widow of Star Trek actor Litter Neboy, who he eventually no cast way. as the voice for Sentinel Prime in Transformers Dark of the Moon. So this is the right Michael Bay. Holy shit, I didn't know he was essentially like related, not in blood, but related to Nimoy. Yeah, I knew that. That's why he was that. That's, that, that is why he was uh, Sentinel Prime, too. Well, I thought he was hired in Transformers Dark of the Moon because Nimoy was in the original Transformers, the movie from the 80s. Uh, that, too. But like the ways that he, he got him is because he's like, uh, his, I guess his cousin is the widow of Star Trek actor. Was yeah, his cousin was married to him. That makes sense. I mean, wasn't Nimoy technically retired too? Except he was doing still Fringe. Yeah, and he appeared in the second Star Trek, uh, JJ Star Trek. It, like, like he was, they filmed, he was kind of retired. They filmed that at his home. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's skip this. As a boy, he attached some fire. Well, oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh-oh. He attached fire? Fire what? As a boy, he attached some fireworks, or no, firecrackers to a toy train and filmed the ensuing fiery disaster with his mother's 8mm camera. The fire nice. department was called and he was grounded. Facts you need to know about Michael Benjamin Bay bio, who is Michael Bay. On Wiki oh. Globals, Michael is ranked in the list of most popular actors. Why do they keep going with this actor shit? Also, Wait, how much is he worth? How much is he worth? Uh... <laughs> not that much according to this thing uh, 0.1 million <laughs> estimated all right uh, michael benjamin bay's estimated net worth monthly and yearly salary primary income sources cars lifestyles and much more information have been updated below let's check how rich is michael benjamin bay in 2020 according to wikipedia google's forbes imdb and various reliable online sources met michael's estimated net worth is as under you yeah, may check under, baby. <laughs> previous year's net worth salary and much more from below. Now, it's look, estimated look, net worth zero one hundred thousand dollars point one million to one million approximate. I'm going to guess makes, Michael Bay is worth dollars a year. I'm going to guess now. I'm going to guess his net worth is higher than one million dollars. No, not one million point one million two hundred thousand dollars in one year. He makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. No, 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 no. That's uh, that's net worth, not salary. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, yeah. but still, net worth in twenty twenty, he's only worth a hundred thousand dollars to maybe one million. I believe uh, Michael he Bay is like the fifth more. most wealthy director. Uh, yes, he's he's real. He's a pretty high up there. Because uh, I've actually viewed those lists. And it's like, of course, George Lucas is number one because he's just got $6 billion. Uh, and then Spielberg's number two. And then I think uh, Bay might be number three. No, 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 Felk. Felk no, Cameron's probably three. Be. This is according to Wikipedia, Google, Forbes, IMDb, and various reliable online sources. Now he's only he's worth $100,000. One million. One million. Even though I just looked it up, he's worth $450 million. <laughs> <laughs> and even goes on, on to say in this article, in 2016, Bay owned a $50 million Gulfstream G550 jet, as well as a Bentley, a Range Rover, an Escalade, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, and two Camaros from the Transformers franchise. Probably wow. $100,000. That all adds up to. Yeah. <laughs> But his net worth's a million dollars. <laughs> oh my god, amazing! I love this site. It's so good. Yeah. A my favorite thing about Michael Bay is that he got like uh, you know unprecedented access to the Egyptian uh, uh, pyramids of Giza or whatever. And Megan Fox didn't want to show up that day, and because she didn't 
wanted to show up that day. He was a little bit frustrated with her. And so she called him a Nazi or something like that, or Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> so she was she was not going to be in the next movie. All this information says being updated, like body height, weight, body measurements. These are all being he's updated. Still, he's growing. C- he's growing couldn't boy. even find out what fucking college you went to. That information is being updated. Well, maybe it changed. Yeah, even though I think it's in the article. Maybe the Mandela effect is kicking in right now. But definitely there's a, he's American white. He's, he's also white. <laughs> he's a Pisces. <laughs> he's, his race is white and his ethnicity Famous is Famous as white. actor, also known for actor. I really don't feel like he's mostly known as an actor. I think he's mostly he's known also as a director. Not, is he mostly known as Michael Benjamin Bay or Michael Bay? I can't remember. Let's look at, <laughs> can you see my screen? Yeah. Let's look at a bunch of photos they have. Here we have Michael yelling at a helicopter. Yeah, what is that movie? Last uh, last night, you think? I don't know. I think it's the last. It could night. be any Transformers like to me. Uh, movie. But yeah. no, only the last night had like green, like like uh, moors of like Scotland in them and shit like true. that. Yeah, yeah, that could be that. Uh, here he is doing Six Underground. Yell- oh, nice! Pointing and yelling while a man is dying in front of him. <laughs> that's not an actor. I think that's a crew member. Yeah, who's dying? Why is he laying on the ground? This is a this is a I guess a video, but it's Ryan Reynolds, so he's probably in there. Something about Dora the Explorer. Did he make a Dora movie? I can't remember. One more time, Bay or Platinum Dunes has nothing to do with the Dora this movie. Is from, it is, is being from him. Fa- this is from Michael Bay. This is Twitter. Yeah, it is being <laughs> falsely reported in this in the press. <laughs> Bay is set to start directing Six Underground this week, and Platinum Dunes has started developing A Quiet Place too. So I wait. There was that live wait. action Dora the Explorer movie. Bay refers to himself as Bay. Whoever it does as Twitter does. <laughs> Bay probably some. Bay is set to start directing. This is what this this is why we don't trust the news media anymore. Because like a, somebody at AP wrote about the fucking door of the Explorer movie and wrote platinum Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes is releasing whatever because they weren't That's doing it. the research and then that gets picked up by every other fucking place gets the wiki net worth. And, and yeah, there's another tweet. Bay isn't producing Dora the Explorer. Stop saying I did anything. From Michael Bay. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. He's handsome. Michael Bay's so handsome. Such a good-looking guy. Right, well, there's not no, 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 just posters. You can tell that Quiet Place 2 was a big deal when this uh, article here's went a, up. Here's a completely out-of-context tweet from Michael Bay saying, three families who lost the car and have no insurance. Every bit counts. Everyone should give just a little. So, so Michael Bay cares. What are he the, does. The context of that. Uh, I'm giving a hundred thousand. Wow. Back to the great people of Texas, where I filmed many years. Yeah, he has, yeah. He's he's filmed in Texas probably more than a lot of directors. All of um uh, X Men, not X Men Apocalypse. All he didn't direct the, that. <laughs> Age of Extinction. Brian Singer apparently. <laughs> Every scene of Age of Extinction was filmed in te- Texas, I think. Right. Every single scene. No, they filmed in China <laughs> for that movie. <laughs> in Chicago. That movie's so bad. When they go back to Chicago for some reason, you're like, dude, weren't we in Chicago in the last movie? Why are we going back to Chicago in this movie? Because Chicago gives tax breaks. Because, you know, that, that's they, it. Need, they need people. They have a fucking fake downtown that's empty. And they're like, well, yeah, you can film here. <laughs> Nobody works it's, in these buildings. It's available. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. They're a long, Chicago is a long way from the dark nights. <laughs> it is. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up. I think we said everything we probably needed to say about uh, Songbird. I think so. And then some. And then Michael Bay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at. Oh, 
scrolling around the gifs of the document right now, just looking at a whole bunch of naked women. To me, yeah, Alexandra, and then this fucking a- Hispanic woman. <laughs> I almost called her Asian. Sophia Carson. Yeah. All right. That, that was the episode. I felt like it was Yay. important to do. Uh, you got bu- to put your phone on mute <laughs> when we're recording. Justin says he's trans. I heard. <laughs> I saw. I, I have a. I saw that a moment ago. You got yours late too, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably the internet. All right, Cool Boy Nation. Give us your your boys for Songbird. Why are they? And email us at the Cool Boys Podcast at gmail.com. New episodes come out on Fridays. Be sure to like and subscribe. The making and authorized distribution of this podcast support over 1,500 <laughs> jobs and involved hundreds of thousands of work hours. Are you putting that in each uh, doc deliberately? Because it made sense when we did it for a movie that had that. Did Songbird have that in its credits? Probably not 1,500 uh, I don't recall. But 60 uh, people maybe something. worked on this movie? <laughs> Tom said, I think, something like the lines of, like, uh, I am... Um, or we are we are making thousands of jobs, you motherfuckers. I think that's what he said in his rant. He's right though. Yeah. See, Christian Bale never talked about the little people. <laughs> he, he was just mad. He was just mad you got in his eyeline. Yeah. yeah I'll put it on silent. Swear <laughs> 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 to God, this at, at like seven in the morning, this shit wakes me up. No, no, I love no it. Only, just like, oh, I saw this. <laughs> All right. And review us on Apple oh, Podcasts. Wait, wait, also, wait. Batman Is and Justin, Beyond on Apple Podcasts. Justin's on Spotify trans and YouTube. What? Because of Tenet? What? Justin's trans because of Tenet? I don't know why he's trans. Well, we should talk about Tenet um, at another time, not tonight, obviously. Well, you want to yeah, um, uh, do Disney Tenet next would week. be a good conversation for you and I to have. I would love to pick your brain about that movie. I haven't seen it yet. I know. You should see it. Oh, and speaking of which, uh, Greenland comes out on Friday, but I have it already um, early. I got a little connection. We should do Greenland as well at some point. We can talk about it later. Yeah, I, I, I'd be down. I just want to do spoiler guess. Uh, I heard Greenland was really good. It's a lot easier when it's just a movie that's like an hour to watch rather than like all eight episodes of some show. Absolutely. Let's, let's research Get them out faster. Yeah, and tenants available at red boxes, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll watch it that way soon. Also, Batman and Beyond on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. If I didn't already say that part, now we have the outro. Oh, who cares? Uh, <laughs> Don't worry about the Batman and Beyond. We're not even putting new episodes out. <laughs> all right, say goodbye, your name, and, and a so cool sound. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy nation. Until next time, it's Vizies from COVID Felk twenty three. <laughs> And a so cool sound. What's your so cool sound? Uh, <laughs> yes! And that's Bizies from Step on My Neck and Shit on My Face Ballard. Uh. <laughs> you are standing American boy. Uh, you excelled in all things. Oh my god. You son of a bitch. Uh, See, I got a huge cock. Oh my god. So you can run and tell that. God damn, homeboy. Now I got damn seven. Get out of here. The whistles go woo.